0: Okay, so, Dead Among the Depths, Session 1. And we begin on the damp sidewalks of Venice. It's a dark January evening. The 1st of January 2012. The sounds of New Year's Eve celebrations are still sort of... Fading away into the distance as many of the the tourists that flock to Venice each year are still sort of partying away Well into the new year as you look around you can see Fireworks glowing high above the street. There are the distant bangs of small gunpowder charges and the sparkling of multicolored rainbow showers of dust as fireworks are let off in the celebrations. Below this you can hear the the slight swishing of the waterways that make up the streets or canals of Venice and the gentle polling of the many tourist barges the gondolas that move through them. We begin our game in the district of San Paolo. San Paolo is one of the oldest parts of the city. It's the smallest and most central of the six sestieri or districts of Venice. And, like I say, it's one of the oldest parts of the city having been settled before the 9th century. Since 1097, it has been the home of the city's largest market so it draws an increased crowd of sort of foodie tourists in modern nights although it's a little bit a little bit sort of smaller and less sort of touristy than some of the other districts so as you look out the streets of san paulo are a little bit more subdued a little bit more on the quiet side despite the raucous displays of celebration that are taking place in the other districts as you look to the east you can see a large canal that separates san paulo from the financial district of venice known as the rialto and there is a large sort of I suppose slightly art deco mixed with gothic influences style a bridge made of what seems to be white stone that crosses over this large canal and as we swoop down in the the floating drone camera style that is so beloved of modern TV shows and films our attention is drawn to two kindred two dead people amongst this seething mass of life that flows through Venice like water flows through the canals And as we we pan down in the, the faint moonlight and the occasional brief bursts of light, this strange and almost stark light cast by these fireworks, we see that these two kindred are stood over a dead body. The body is twisted and is wearing the black vestments and the small white collar of a priest. He lies on the cobbled sidewalk, uh, the water gently lapping and occasionally spilling over onto the, s- the stones at the side. As we continue to move in, we see that it is Aurelio de Prospero and Ugo Bassoloni stood, and um, apologies to anyone Italian listening, I'm probably going to pronounce a lot of these names wrong, But as we move in, we see these two kindred stand there. Aurelio, would you care to describe what your character looks like as you stand pale in the light of these fireworks looking down at the body of
1: this priest? So Aurelio is a... um, uh, Well, very apparent from the start. Uh, Aurelio is wearing a very similar garb uh, to the other corpse uh, that is in the scene here. Uh, Aurelio has a coat on top of his priestly vestments, but very clearly um, the sort of uh, dark uh, cassock, I'm, I'm not sure of the terminology, um, of of a priest, um, and um, has a... Uh, there's a delicate chain uh on which a semi-ornate cross nothing too ostentatious but like it's detailed there's a um maybe a fake uh, stone <laughs> of of not great worth uh in the center of the cross but there is a a chain and a cross the cross is tucked into uh the breast of the cassock with a pin um leaving the the chain hanging sort of free Not having to support the cross's weight, and uh, I think Aurelio is sort of leaning in uh, over the the body, (laughs) and uh, the um, well, the occasional flash uh, highlights uh, his face, which is sallow. It's like withdrawn um, in you know comparison to a regular. Uh, individual uh that still lived uh he would look very uh ill indeed uh perhaps wasted would be the the word sort of sunken cheeks like high cheekbones because it's his is his face is quite withered uh and he's got a sort of Van Dyke uh slightly shaggy Van Dyke and um uh, sort of uh he used to have a, like a thick hair, uh, caught sort of maybe five centimeters. So it's like it's not too short, but it is, there's some heft to it. You could, you could have styled it once, once upon a time, but his hairline is also like high up. So it's like he's got a heavy widow's peak action going on. Um, and um, it, it's I also entirely sympathize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, it's, uh, that that's and he's got like a very nondescript, uh, so almost like a raincoat type thing going on on top of his his vestments, sort of like as if he was preparing for some weather tonight.
0: Splendid. And as we as the camera sort of pans across to look at his companion, we see a short distance to the west beyond Hugo, the the large Venetian Gothic building of the basilica di santa maria gloriosa di frari or saint mary of the friars as i shall no doubt refer to it going forwards a huge church which is home to many masterpieces of venetian renaissance art and also houses the the burial place of many well-known and respected venetians all have shrines inside in fact it's something of a marvel of Venice, all of these interior shrines. Not that you would know it from the exterior of the building, which is a plain sort of yellowish-grey stone facade with comparatively a little ornamentation, but it has that slightly narrow sort of reaching-for-heaven sort of vibe that is common in many Gothic churches and places of worship. And we see that beyond Hugo, but I, what does Hugo himself look like? <clears throat>
2: um, so Hugo is um kind of standing, kind of ramrod straight. Um, his garb is kind of casual combatty style. Um, so those um camouflage kind of combats um that you would see um kind of many veterans kind of wearing um he's wearing a an overall he's wearing like a very heavy kind of army coat um kind of real old school um kind of dark with kind of big silver buttons um he has a kind of real bushy beard um very little of his face is kind of visible um he wears a kind of peaked army cap that kind of sits over his eyes and kind of leaves very little of his face kind of visible um he's followed everywhere he goes by the mangiest colleague you've ever seen um but uh yeah it's kind of run down um bedrattled looks like he's sleeping in his clothes um kind of a veter army veteran hobo was kinda of, I guess the what I'm trying to describe. Um
0: Yeah. Lovely. And as you both look down at the the dead body of the priest, you recall well your recent conversation with Don Guilo Carter, a priest who is known and important to both of you and you recall the the conversation wherein he described being concerned about a colleague of his a man by the name of father pasquale altamora a man who he described as having behaved and as you as you sort of flash back and we do the diddle 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 and the sort of light of the the fireworks blends into the seamless frame transition of a flashback where would the two? I'm assuming you two wouldn't have just like pulled up to a church and be like, What up, dog? to like see this uh, priest, but it's someone who's important to both of you. So, I'm assuming for the sake of convenience that you would both know that you both have a connection via this priest. That might be how you guys originally met. I will leave that entirely up to you. But if the two of you were to meet, this priest which indeed you did where would you have met him would it have been like a cafe a church a street corner a gondola
1: does Hugo have any sort of spots where he would just absolutely not go to
2: um Kind of think he'd wanted to be private and wouldn't be a big mm-hmm. fan of crowds, so unlikely to be a cafe um, kind of street corner, kind of church,
0: mm-hmm. outdoor now, park. Now, you would know, Hugo, that yeah, as you say, you're, you're a private person, you prefer pl- private meeting places, and you will lament that over the course of your long time as a kindred, that certainly in Venice, which is massive in that tourist trade over the years since you've been here it's become increasingly hard to find that sweet sweet sort of space where you can be on your own and you can sort of think without the the noise and the the pollution of tourism and all the various subsidiary industries that spread off that sort of impinging on your solitude now even though the, the city is not that populous in terms of in terms of kindred of vampires like yourself. As it's become more and more of a tourist destination, it has brought more people, more foreigners into the city, which is a double edged sword. Obviously great because it means there's more potential feeding for creatures such as yourself but also bad because that solitude which you crave in some deep space down in your being is harder to find. And also, any of the, let's call them influential kindred hereabouts, take a very dim view of anything that it negatively impacts the tourist trade, since so much of the lifeblood of Venice now depends on it. But... As I've said, the district you're in, San Paolo, is one of the oldest parts of the city. And it is a little less heavily burdened by tourism than the other cestieres of Venice. So, perhaps you could have met him somewhere locally.
1: Anyone else have any thoughts? I I was thinking... um a uh, side alley by a restaurant uh, is not crowded but also people wouldn't come there necessarily <laughs> okay um, unless we want just straight because it's a priest right so yeah. the church is always an option i think the alley makes sense
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah the alley by the the trash bins
2: it's very okay. much Hugo's
0: wheelhouse. So I'm going to ask, since both of you have this priest, Father Carter, as a touchstone, I'm going to ask each of you to tell me one thing about this priest, which is true. It could be a personality uh-huh. trait. It could be how he looks. It could be that, oh, he owns a beat-up car or whatever. Just, just one little mini factoid about him that's true. It could just be, oh, he likes wearing... Blue jeans. Anything. Just to just to help flesh out this guy a bit more because as a touchstone, mm-hmm. he will probably be featured more than once. And whilst I'm not I'm not down with that whole like, you know, just constantly putting Touchstones in danger, I do want them to feature a lot in the game because uh-huh. to reflect their importance to you guys as your characters. So I think you guys should have some input in what they're like rather than me just sort of telling you.
1: Take a any to think about immediate it, if ideas know. if not I can make a stab at it yeah you go first I... okay so i'm gonna say um hmm I was thinking something like the yeah Carta. uh so that karta would be maybe involved in uh, some kind of local charity effort and i was thinking between like um uh, maybe organizing like a school for the underprivileged perhaps like the the less well to do maybe there's like like an orphanage thing going okay so uh, I mean, let's let's yeah, go just, with an orphanage. Like he, he's involved with an orphanage. Yeah, no uh, problem. Yeah. He's uh, he's involved in charitable
0: activities concerning an orphanage. Not a problem. Yep. And obviously, yep. all of this stuff is just general. I minute, mean, we can flesh it out as and when needed later on. But as someone who's a touchstone, you guys will know stuff about him. So you guys knowing that he's involved in an orphanage isn't unfeasible. Okay, so do you have any thoughts, Rob?
2: Um, I think he should have like a kind demeanor okay. and really, um, like real friendly. Um, yeah,
0: happy
1: with that. He's a well, I guess, yeah, the demeanor is the key word there because I was going to say, like. So he's a good person, but that's not necessarily true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's the yeah. demeanour. As we yeah. you know, yeah.
0: demeanour is just the face you present to the outside world. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now the last thing I'm going to ask you about Father Carter is, obviously he knows you guys exist. You've had interactions with him. You were a torture. How, how much does he know about you guys? like? I'm assuming he's probably not gonna know you're your vampires because he's a priest however how would he sort of like see you like what would he see his relationship being to you you know would he just be like oh these are these are some people I've helped when they were down on their luck? or would he be like oh these are these are investors in the church or they're people who I'm trying to convert or whatever obviously that will Before affect Aurelio, his really
1: um it it's probably a case where uh Carter thi- Carta thinks that Aurelio is a like an old washed up priest uh who's who's trying to do the vicarious living thing through, through Carta so sort of like uh, like hanging around because he's he's no longer like he's got the vestments but he's not a priest anymore he doesn't have a church um he's a is an ex priest who wants to still be involved in the game, <laughs> and uh, hangs around with a with an actual priest still.
0: Okay, no problems.
1: And maybe there's a little bit of that. Like Aurelio, maybe is a, a bit of a like, ah, let me be your mentor. Like I'm, I'm a, yeah, I'm a veteran bring of you this. back into the fold. Yeah. Okay. Um, how does how does he see you go?
0: Um. So.
2: I was thinking, and I don't know how feasible this is, but um, that he and uh, Hugo have, been, have known each other for 40-ish years. Um, and he would, as a result of that, understand that Hugo is sketchy as um, having that age in that period. Um so, wouldn't have all the details or know the ins and outs of it, but you know, he's a little bit sort of suspicious, yeah. Um, okay, but uh, he might have been like he might have been in a teenager when he first met Hugo, and that their paths have just kind of continually crossed over the years throughout the um, the, kind of the previous 40 years, I guess that kind of makes him about 50. Um, and yeah, that they would just have come across each other as someone he'd know, someone would be a little bit suspicious of, but someone that he would have relied on and would have relied on him over the years.
0: Okay, lovely. So we flash back to a few nights earlier when the the preparations for the the great, mainly touristy New Year's Eve celebration were just sort of getting underway. And we cut to a, a small side street an actual alley, rather than one of the many canals that flows through Venice, in the district of San Paolo, and we see this this old priest. There's a, a gentle rain falling. It's dark. There's a couple of like flickering lamps, and we see this old sort of slightly grey-haired priest. He's pulling a, a coat tight around himself against the cold. He's in his mid-fifties and he has some like deep lines, sort of etched, on his face. He looks around and then he spots his two, let's let's call you friends for the moment, Aurelio and Hugo, approaching from opposite ends of the alleyway. As you both sort of get closer to where he is in the middle, in a in a gentle sort of. Almost like grandfatherly sort of kind voice. He he blows onto his hands. He's wearing those uh, sort of fingerless gloves to try and keep himself warm. It's quite bitterly cold for the season. He blows on his hands and then he he looks up and says, "Oh, th- 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 thank you. I'm a, I, I, I'm glad you could. Uh, I'm glad you could make it. I'm sorry to I'm sorry to inconvenience the two of you. Uh, I." I know everyone's getting ready for the, for, for the big celebration. And he, and he looks at the two of you as you about to stop in front of him in the, the flickering of one of these street lights.
1: Uh, yeah, with, with nary a, uh, a, a movement on his, his face. I think uh, Aurelio just, <coughs> almost like, just. Straight whispers uh, through mostly unmoving lips. It's, it is fine. It's frivolity anyway. Happy to help, Father, any time.
0: Just let us know what you need. Oh, bless you both. He, he re- as he's talking, he reaches under his coat and he pulls out one of those small metal hip flasks. As he opens it, you can smell whiskey or more likely brandy inside it and he takes a a small nip of it against sort of like rubbing his hands together and he he holds it out to each of you and he says, Oh this this will keep the cold away he says uh, I, I I won't tell the bishop if you don't and he, he sort of chuckles and holds out the the cantina towards you but Uh
2: I will today, Father, thank you. Oh
3: uh <clears throat>
1: I'll, I'll I'll take it and uh I'll slosh it to see how much is there there's there's maybe about four
0: or five swallows in this little hip flask it's yeah. about half empty
1: yeah okay i um i'll you know go to take a swig and uh I'll just you know. Press my tongue against the thing. <laughs> yeah, so no, no, it not actually goes <laughs> uh, down. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Yeah, no problem. There we go.
0: You you get a brief sort of smell of like the aroma of this brandy, but obviously you don't ingest any of it. You pass it back to him. He doesn't really notice. He just takes it off you and uh, tucks it away. It's so all that. That'll keep the cold off you. Uh, my, my son, he says, uh, and then he sort of stops and he, he seems to stare for just a second, holding his gaze on, you go uh, a little bit longer, just a couple of seconds longer than you would do normally. And you, with your enhanced kindred senses, both of you hear him sort of obviously under his breath as though he was just himself. He says, yeah, I swear you, you don't look a, a day older than I were. And then he sort of shakes his head as he's like, no, I'm, get, I'm getting sidetracked. And he says, yes, yeah, sorry, sorry about that. I've, um, I, I've asked you here... Uh, uh, because I'm extremely worried about a, a friend of mine, a uh, uh, father Altamora. He's um, he's been behaving uh, very strangely for weeks. So, uh, and uh, I'm to, to tell you the truth, uh, I'm I'm extremely worried about him. But uh, as I'm sure you know, he he's uh, looking more at yourself, Aurelia. As I'm sure you'll know, the that the church authorities take a a dim view of any extracurricular activity, shall we say? And while I've had I've had precious little time recently, with the, all the additional services for the new year, to to look into this matter. But as I said, myself and Father Altramora go go way back. He's a he was something of a of a mentor to me when I. When I first came to serve in Venice, and uh, as I say, his behaviour recently has been greatly worrying. I'm, I'm very concerned about him.
1: What what sort of curricular thing uh, could there possibly be?
0: He says, "Well, uh, it all it all seemed concerning, if innocuous at first. Uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago." Father Altamora was travelling through the rialto to to see me at the basilica, and as he passed over the the bridge between the districts he was he was struck down by some form of seizure or a palsy he He collapsed and appeared to be having some sort of episode um, he He was obviously rushed off to the to the nearest hospital, but by the time they'd got him there he, he seemed to have recovered. He seemed fine, seemed to be his old self, and they couldn't find any obvious signs of any medical reason for what had happened. They they put it down to perhaps overworking or his age and obviously they, they let him go. And all seemed fine at first. However, when I spoke to to the father a few days later, he, he and, and I don't want you to I don't do you think I'm being sceptical here of course the, the church is the domain of faith after all but uh, Father Altomore is, is an old man he's uh, he's in his dotage and well, he I, I'm not going to beat around the bush anymore he said that he'd seen a vision while he was crossing the bridge and that a divine presence had manifested
1: itself to him well wow. <laughs> Quite the thing. Well um.
0: oh, in- indeed. Now, F- Father Altramore, although I'm greatly fond of him, has always been seen as somewhat eccentric by his fellow priests. Um, he's he's something of a history buff. He spends all all his fr- free time uh, delving into uh, the, the history of the older Venetian Republic. In fact, I think it's no doubt due to uh, his actions that probably the the church authorities take quite the dim view of uh, non-church-based activities that they do. But um, he, he's always been good to me, and as I say, he was a mentor to me when I first came here to serve. But over the next week or so, there were a couple of times when I spoke to Father Altamore, when he he just seemed a little off, uh, he didn't seem quite the, the the kindly old man that I that I've known for so many years, it was almost uh, as though I was talking to an entirely different person. And I, well, I, I at first I put it down to his, uh, his incident after all, uh, 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 a fugue state perhaps, or some sort of seizure can have long-term effects. But as it continued, I gradually began to get more and more concerned about the matter. he, he missed some of his services which is not like him at all despite his eccentricity has always been very dedicated to the church i asked a couple of uh, my parishioners just to keep an eye out for him and they said they'd seen him a number of times by the rialto bridge where he originally had his seizure but um he's not been to he's not shown up to any of his services for the last couple of days and I'm I'm really starting to get worried about him. So I thought, uh, yourself, or Aurelio, as a as a member of the church, and obviously uh, you go as a I know you're you're somewhat famed for your expertise in tracking people down. I thought perhaps the the two of you might be able to establish whether there is actually anything going wrong with my old friend. I mean, if he if he needs long-term care or anything like that, I, I'll make arrangements for it. I just I'm at my wits' end. I really don't know what to do. Can you help me?
1: Now... There is one very likely scenario here. Did he enjoy the spirits?
0: Um, No, he's never been a drinker.
1: Because we have listed... A number of things which would go very sensibly along with a uh, certain slew of damages caused by an excess of spirits.
0: Um, not as far as I'm aware. Uh, like, as as you know, I like a I like a small drink myself every now and again for medicinal purposes. So. But uh, I've never known I've never known Father Altamora to touch a drop in his life. Aside from communion and wine, etc. Even then, only for ceremonial purposes.
1: Mm -hmm. One would hope that the uh, blood of Christ isn't used recreationally. As you say that, uh, Father Carter, he sort
0: of crosses himself, but he he has a bit like, like a sort of Quirk of mm-hmm. a smile on his face, you can tell he's not like taking any offense at it, and he's sort of like, you have like mm-hmm. a soft chuckle as he's sort of like, it's like oh, What are you like, eh? as he like cross himself, he's like, mm-hmm. Oh, heaven forbid. He says, um, yeah, a- Anything you can I, do to lay my mind at rest would be, I'll be very I grateful. Would,
1: I would not be surprised, and he would not be the first <laughs> priest to conceal a fondness for the bottle. Um, and I think that as as myself and um, I, good, I have a good mister here
0: I, hmm? I was gonna say uh, but forgive me for interrupting i I have to say I, I'm more concerned about his age after all the as you know the, the the life of a priest is a is a hard one and as I say father Altamora is in his dotage he's he's no spring chicken i I fear that perhaps the The lifestyle may have become too much for him, and it may be, it may be time for him to think about retiring. I'm sure he wouldn't want to, but if it's necessary to preserve his health, I would rather see him spend uh, whatever time he has left uh, healthy and relaxed. Uh, After all, there, and he he sort of looks at pointedly looks at you and he says, "Sarina, after all, there are there are other ways to serve without being a priest."
1: Yes. And sometimes a person best serves God and his fellow man by knowing when to step aside. True, too true. Well, too
3: true.
1: I still think that what we will find, um, I glance to Ugo, I think what we will find is a a man with. A uh, taste that he wishes to conceal, and this is this is all to be over soon, I think. Okay, and as we
0: continue this uh, extended flashback scene, we see the the two kindred, Aurelio and Yugo, sort of say their goodbyes to the priest, uh, Father Carter. They they exchange uh, words of fondness, and he he leaves on his way what do you guys want to do obviously we know from our start scene that eventually you do track down or at least locate the body of a priest but let's find out how you get there so you've been asked to locate Father Altamura how do you guys go about it
2: I think we would have found his apartment and tried to follow his scent from his apartment to find out where he might have
0: got. Okay, so how do you intend what method are you going to use to locate his apartment? Are you just going to ask around? Are you going to ask for, you know, call back Father Carter and ask him? Um
2: Yeah, I guess, yeah, we probably <clears throat> uh, would call back Father Carter. That's uh, Carter. fine.
0: We'll assume that over the course of the conversation, you asked Father Carter about that, and obviously he's the one who wants you to investigate, so he's not going to conceal that information from you. So, yeah, he tells you the the location of a very small and modest apartment. Still within the same district, as he lives near the the Basilica, uh, because space being something at a premium in Venice, it doesn't take you long to locate it. It's like a lot of buildings here. It's sort of very narrow, but built upwards rather than expanding outwards, and you can see, eventually, crammed in amongst these tall sort of higglety-pigglety residential buildings you see this small this small apartment building which you, you check the, the street number that you were given by Father Carter and you realise that this must be the place. Like a lot of buildings in Venice it looks like over the years it's suffered some semi-serious flood damage on the, the sort of lower level of it which isn't surprising a lot of buildings do when they get the high waters in Venice and the building itself looks a little bit in a bad state of repair you can see a little bit of the brickwork crumbling maybe some of the, the sort of timbers, the exterior timbers look like they've seen better days and most of the buildings in this dark version of Venice that we're exploring in this game they look as though they've they've started to lean and partially collapse it's almost as though the whole city is sort of slowly collapsing into the waters but it just hasn't realized it yet and most of the buildings have this slightly lent over sort of aspect as though they're, they're slow motion over the years collapsing into the waters
1: that was a misclick on
0: my part <laughs> sorry <laughs> i thought you were like collapsing buildings <clears throat> <laughs> I just rouse my blood.
1: But, yeah, push. <laughs> yeah. Let's lift this up. No. Okay, I'm going to ask
0: each. Can I ask um, you guys what your b- 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 wits uh, awareness is?
1: Oh, That'll be five already. Okay.
0: Be yourself, Rob. Yeah, Sorry, it's wits and awareness. Yeah, you don't have to roll it. Just tell me what the total is. it's uh, total will be six. Okay, so as you approach it, you go, you notice as you look up the buildings adjacent to this because it's night time, obviously, and most people don't have like thick curtains here because normally the weather is fairly warm, so they don't have curtains. They just have got like, windows open, or whatever. On all of the apartments nearby, you can see like the flickering of candle lights or electric lights illuminating the windows and shining out into the darkness. However, as you look at the the building where Father Altamora lives, you notice that you can't see any light shining out through any of the windows.
2: Okay. Um, so I'll mention to Aurelio that it doesn't look like he's home. Um. um is there... Uh, is it like on the ground floor, or is it like a, a apartment block?
0: I think there there is a, a door from the street leading into the into the building. i so say each of, although it's apartments, it's not like a block of apartments. It's like a load of like small narrow buildings just sort of crammed in together, but they are okay. individual buildings. But like a lot of sort of buildings here, each of it the, tends to be like one room on each floor because of the lack of space. They sort of build upwards. Rather than outwards, which also lends to the buildings looking like they're slightly leaning over. Okay.
2: Um, and how how well lit is the doorway?
0: The doorway it has like a sort of a uh, small sort of arch on it, so the the doorway itself is actually in deep shadow. Occasionally, as a a gondola or another boat passes by, normally with like a lantern or a, an electric light of some sort hung on the the prow of it. Occasionally, like a, a sort of wash of pallid light plays over it, and you briefly see a sort of water-damaged wooden door, which it looks to have, you think possibly brass, maybe iron. It's difficult to tell in the dark of the at, But like like an antique sort of door knocker. Okay,
2: um, so would I be able to, I guess,
0: fall into the shadow and try and pick the lock? You most certainly can. So this would probably be a something with a dex and larceny roll. Now, this isn't a roll to see whether you do it or not, because eventually you will do it. It's just if you succeed on the roll, you do it really quickly. If you don't, you still do it, but it takes longer, or there might be like a complication, etc. Okay, so I roll larceny and then select decks, that's correct. Do I? Yep, absolutely correct. Success is one. Okay, yeah. So you you sort of lean down by the lock and look because the lock, rather like the the door knocker, seems to be an antique. And as you look around the door, you can see that a lot of the fixtures on the wooden door are obviously like antiques, although they look to have been reasonably well maintained. It's not the highest sort of like modern security lock, so you have little trouble picking it. And after sort of jimmying around with it for a few moments, you really was like looking out. Occasionally, you glance around, you hear the satisfying <coughs> of the lock mechanism opening, and you sort of grab hold of the door as it opens inwards just a little bit. And you can just see the sort of darkness beyond
2: okay, so I will whistle to our that it's open, and I will push it open and step in
1: okay. so as as well, I presume you you turn to look and, and whistle, I'll be sort of <laughs> making this with a with a raised eyebrow as if to indicate like do you should i or this thing and I'll just give you a wave to follow me, all right okay, so. I'll glide in afterwards.
0: Okay, not a problem. You head into a a relatively small square room. You see there's like a, just in the dim light filtering in from outside, you can see there's a, a stair. It's like a very crude staircase not like heading up to the the next floor. The entire room is shrouded in darkness. And as you both look around, You can actually pick out that it appears as though like thick sheets of paper of some kind have been tacked over the the windows almost like makeshift shutters and they seem to be although a little bit of light is filtering through them the paper seems quite thick and it's blocking out most of the light from the outside and did they look new or recent they don't look new-new, but they've obviously not been here for years. You, you suspect that they've been put up at most maybe a month or two ago, max. Okay. And kind of... the in-
2: incident on the bridge happened a number of weeks ago? Yeah, happened a
0: couple of weeks ago, yeah. Okay, so we think that these are up since before the episode on the bridge. Yeah it's It's difficult to tell, though because they're just pieces of black paper. I mean yeah, they're yeah, not okay. torn and they're not showing obvious age, but if someone had put them up a long time ago but just been careful, that would be the same, or they could have just been put up recently. It's very difficult to tell okay unless you've got some specific means of discerning the age of the pieces of paper
1: well. Speaking of, um, I will, um, as we enter, uh, I will try and attune mine two eyes to the unseen world, Uh, which is to say, that's um, the unseen. Yeah, I've just shunted it into. The... Yeah,
0: I'm just looking at it on your character sheet now. <laughs> so, Wits plus all specs or Resolve plus all specs then?
1: Yeah, yeah that, that would be. Uh, uh, that would be Resolve for me. And I, th- I do think I. Oh, I didn't set up the roll for this. Oh, that'll be quickly remedied. Uh, rollable. It doesn't browse because it's free. So, that's yeah. good. Okay, and now I should be able to, unless I'm not. (laughs) I'm trying to set up the the sheet so that it's all fancy. So that's Auspex. Oh, yeah. So it's for me Resolve plus Auspex. Yeah. And it is rollable. Oh. Mm Hmm. I'll just do this then. Okay, so resolve. Uh, let's see what that did. Aspect resolve. Well, it did the thing. Okay, four successes. Yeah, that'll do. Okay, so
0: as you attune your senses to the unseen world that exists ever presently around us, it's as though a, it's as though the color seems to to leech out of everything surrounding you. Things don't so much change as more the the life seems to drain out of everything around you. The the wooden beams you look at seem a little bit more decayed than they did previously. The the sort of the, the ragged pieces of paper tacked over the the windows appear a little bit more frayed and a little bit more a little bit more ragged and torn. You don't sense any sort of entity or anything hiding from normal sight however as you step into the room and you look around you accidentally knock over a pile of similarly just sort of like torn papers so they've just been torn out of a pad sort of haphazardly so in the dark you knock over this pile of papers and as they fall to the ground they all appear to have drawings on them The drawings all appear to be a different attempts to depict the same subject, which is a figure holding its arms out as though to embrace somebody, surrounded Mm -hmm. by light. And all of these drawings are all slightly different, but they all show this same figure as though the, the person had been drawing it over and over again, trying to capture something, and then... Some of them are crumpled up like they were discarded as not being good enough. And then they feverishly started on that. And they're done in all different types of media. There's like pencil drawings, charcoal drawings, there's probably a few sort of like a few paintings, but like just done with like cheap paint, something particularly special. And as you knock this pile over and your your eyes fall on this scattering of these these different depictions of the same figure, you feel a cold chill that you can't quite explain run down your undead spine do you, do you see yeah. anything obviously you go you hear the like as these papers get knocked over and you likewise and the sort of the what small light is filtering in from the outside under the the makeshift lights you can see all of these figures perhaps not quite as well as your companion, who's using this this special sense, but you can make out the that they're all basically the same sort of figure. Yeah, I can see them. Is it a human figure? Do we know? Is it clear? It it's very sort of smudged and distorted, so like you can't pick out individual features. it does appear to be a human figure but the depiction it's trying to depict it as a light is emanating from the figure and that sort of like smudges and sort of fades out and blinds out the the individual features all you can make out is this figure sort of holding its arms wide as though it was going to embrace the viewer and this light just seems to be like spilling out of it although the light varies in its depiction and after looking at a few of these different pieces maybe like picking a few of them up because like there's a big stack of them you think perhaps that the the person who created these pieces was dissatisfied with how they tried to like capture this like light coming out of the figure and they'd screw it up and they'd start a new one and then they wouldn't like that one and they'd screw that one up and start a new one and they've almost been obsessively continually drawing this figure as though desperate to sort of capture the true essence of whatever it is that they saw.
2: Perhaps he did have the vision.
1: It it could still very well be... Well... In the worst-case scenario, alcohol-induced psychosis as well. But there is something that is a bit off in this place. Let's try and find any sign of life. Food,
0: even.
1: Anything to indicate that someone was here?
0: Um, yeah, so I'll I guess check the kitchen, the fridge. Um... Yep you you head forward into into the small kitchen which is on the ground floor. Obviously it's cooler, it's nearer the water. It's it's very basic. Obviously, the the person who lives here, Father Altamora, lives a very humble life, which isn't surprising given that he's a priest it has very like basic amenities like a sink a wash bowl i say probably a, a small refrigerator nothing too ostentatious there's there's some food uh, some milk a bit of a, a little orange juice in there nothing okay, nothing ostentatious you have a quick look as well i really you don't see any signs of like wine or alcohol or anything of that nature
2: and what dates are on like the milk and the orange
0: juice are they like fresh or are they you can you sort of you lift up that it's like a carton of milk you lift it up and before you even look at the date you can smell it and you can tell it is not fresh okay like you, you can smell that sort of sour like curdled scent drifting up out of it and when you when you do sort of holding it at like arm's length turn it round so you can see the date you can see that it's like four weeks out of date okay Okay.
2: Um, so I'll call out to, to Aurelio. <clears throat> it looks like he hasn't been here in four weeks. Um, I, I'm not sure the dog will be able to get a scent if it's been that long.
0: And as you, as you mentioned, your dog, you do indeed hear like a bark from the, the the poor creature. And you notice that it's it's sort of looking up the stairway t- to the the next level up. It's wagging its tail furiously, and it's alternately barking and then letting like a low, like a rumbling growl emerge from itself. Okay, and would I recognise that as excitement or fear or? It, it's normally you know that this is normally how you've sort of trained your dog to to respond when it thinks there might be some danger okay Um, normally when it's like it's picked up like a strange scent or it's heard something that it doesn't recognize
2: okay Um, so I'll turn to Aurelio and say the dog seems to have found something (coughs) Um, let
1: me go and have a look if it's a body, um, don't let the beast touch it.
0: And indeed. Okay. As, as you start walking up the the stairway to like what must basically be like the lounge, so sort of on the second floor, as you get to about halfway up the stairs, you start smelling blood. Okay. It's, it's too faint for human senses to pick up. Being attuned as you are as a kindred, the the scent of old stale blood, which smells fairly unpleasant to you, starts reaching your nostrils long before it would have become noticeable to, to mere human senses.
2: Okay. Um so I'll just uh smells like blood. I'll call downstairs as I walk up.
1: Yeah, I will be uh keenly getting up there as well uh having also checked. like is there is there a bathroom on this wall uh on this this floor sorry there's not like a bathroom as such but there is like a small wash basin lavatory (laughs) yeah yeah basically it's like the smallest like student bathroom you can imagine it's what's here so I, i will quickly pop in in there before i go um idea is is aurelia is looking for any kind of like medicine um or you know one of those boxes on the wall with just you know first aid stuff maybe some some medicine if that's the kind of thing that this person would have he's just checking if there's anything medical you do
0: find a small cabinet uh it's not locked it's just like a wall cabinet Mm -hmm. when you open it there are there is some very basic sort of medicinal supplies, uh, what you would mm-hmm. expect like a, a very elderly man to have. So there's probably mm-hmm. like a bandage for like strapping up his like gouty leg. There's there's some yeah, sort aspirin. of aspirin. Yeah, there's like <laughs> mild painkillers, like paracetamol <laughs> and aspirin in there. N- nothing ridiculous, just like general like mm-hmm. household sort of stuff that people would have around you. Know, there's probably some yeah. plasters and stuff like that. Maybe a, there's maybe like a bit of like iodine in there or something to just mm-hmm. to swap out sort of small wounds,
1: and um, also one of the interesting points for Aurelia is like there's no like prescription stuff going around. No, no, nothing like under the counter with a with a a bit more of an intense <laughs> edge to it. So if we're just dealing with bandages and paracetamol, he's yeah. he's good. We're gonna go up. Okay, you head up. You open the door at the top of the
0: stairs, and you head into a small lounge there's a couple of wooden chairs there's what looks to be a like a closed cupboard basically some sort of cupboard on the wall there's a, a small table with a little sort of radio on it there's a couple of old sort of photographs showing various sort of priests and in fact as you look at them you can see your much beloved uh, priest Father Carty but like in his younger days you see both him and Father Altamora sort of stood there Altamora's got his arm around him and mm-hmm. they both it must have been taken about 20 years ago they both look very much younger and they both sort of smiling they're, they're sort of stood slightly awkwardly as though they've like posed for a photo they stood in front of the basilica like But like I say, it's quite a sort of faded photo. It must have been taken some time ago. You know, perhaps they they just asked a tourist to like take them a snap, yeah. of the two of them together or whatever. But um, there's there's a couple of like pot plants that seem to be wilting slightly as though they've not been watered recently. And then there's a there's another stairway going up to you think from what you saw outside must be the the top level of this building.
2: And the blood is it coming from up this level or from the level above?
0: It's difficult to tell because it's permeated. Do you have any sort of anything that might enable you to like narrow it down a little bit? I mean, you can sort of let the dog loose and rely on that if you want. Yeah, I'll do this. Okay, you let the dog loose, it sort of sniffs around, it's like giving it the <laughs> running around and snuffling about everywhere. Uh, again, it sort of snuffles near this uh table with the radio on. You can see there's another sort of couple of piles of paper on there that you can't see what's on them yet the dog doesn't disturb them because it suddenly gets distracted and it runs up to the door of this cupboard and it starts like pouring with its front paws scraping against this thin wooden door of this cupboard okay
2: so i'll whistle at it to stop and yeah, it, it, sit, it sits
0: down and looks at you it's here like perked up
2: mm-hmm. Um.
0: And I will approach the desk and look at the papers. Okay, you look at the papers. Um, it's it's an odd mishmash, as you expect. Maybe you'll see more drawings of the figure. You don't. What you see are a number of drawings that appear to depict a, a maze or perhaps a labyrinth, you know, rather like you'd see in like a puzzle book, you know, just with lines, like drawing a strange maze. You then see a, a number of pieces of paper that they are writing on them, although it's in a language that you don't understand and then you see like the top piece as you're sort of, like, looking through from the bottom you flip through for the top piece of paper and you see that this is written in Italian, it's written in pen and ink the the sort of the fountain pen is lying next to the pile of paper it's written in a very sort of shaky and a rushed hand and it says the, the 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 angel is is not what I thought it was. Uh, Oh God! What have I done? I I I, I must turn myself in immediately. And then there is no more.
2: So I'll show that paper to Aurelio. Um and um I'll kind of nod towards the um cabinet
1: in a will I open it kind of way. So the writing was in Italian and it said yeah, it said, the, the angel is not what I thought it was. Oh, oh my God, what, what yeah. have I
0: done? I, I must turn myself in immediately. And then it sort of yeah. trailed off as though like the person had just, like, thrown the pen down mm-hmm. as though they were in, like, a hurry.
1: And there was something that uh, didn't didn't
0: recognise? Yeah, there's a, a number of these pictures of, like, a labyrinth or a maze, and there's also a number yeah. of pages that have writing on them, but it appears to be yeah. in a different handwriting and in a language that you're not familiar with. Right. So not Latin then. It's not Latin, however, as the two of you are sort of if the two of you want to spend a few minutes looking at it to try and work it out, you can do, or do you just
1: I will I will pocket it for now. Okay, not a problem. Right. If at any point in time
0: any of you want to work out what it is, you can make me an intelligence academics role. Yep.
1: See I, what it is. I, I will get on that as soon as we locate the blood. <laughs> yeah, no, no problems. <laughs> yeah, I will I will, you know, give Ugo the nod. Okay. okay. Um
2: so I will approach the cabinet from the side.
0: Okay, as you appro- um, as you approach the cupboard, the uh, the smell of blood gets much stronger as you get closer to the but it is old stale blood. Okay. And there's a slight sort of sweet, putrefying smell of rot just below it. Okay. Um, so kind of standing at the
2: side so as not to be in front of the door when it opens, I lean out and kind of pull the
0: door open. You pull the door open. As you do, the body of a young woman dressed in fairly sort of gaudy, like standard sort of tourist clothing, you know, brightly coloured top, uh, cut off like jean shorts, falls out of the the cupboard. You can see that her throat appears to have been cut directly across with some force, so it's actually gone part way through, and it's almost sort of severed, like the vocal cords, and the the whole of the front of the body is covered in blood, which has sort of dried. Obviously, the body has been here for. A little while because the process of decay has just sort of started it's not entirely putrefying yet but to your vampiric senses you can smell that it's just on the cusp of starting to starting to sort of decay seriously okay
2: and with my uh forensics experience expertise and yeah. um, can i work out how long she's been dead you think less than a week
0: However, you know that because you've been in the area, you know that aside from the sudden cold snap, it's been quite warm recently. So that would have accelerated the the decaying process. Okay. Okay. So
2: he doesn't seem to have been here in a month, or certainly hasn't eaten here in a month. But this girl is dead just over a week. If you were a priest who had killed an angel, or what you thought was an angel, who would you turn yourself into?
1: No, I I believe this man killed for the angel. Okay. Question is, who would present themselves as such, and why? And why here? Is is there does does the woman have ID? Is there anything? Is there a, a you know I don't know, backpack something? You, you
0: you quickly search you don't find a
1: backpack. However, you do
0: find a wallet in like the back pocket of yeah. of her shorts. There is also a, a mobile phone in the the back pocket of her shorts. The let's see how I'll I'll generate a random name for this uh, (laughs) young lady. You start as you mean to go on. Okay. So, you see the woman's name is Carla Serrano. Yep. Based on her, like a
1: driver's license and her. Mm hmm. A cash yeah, card will, All that sort of stuff the, the whole thing The wallet Into the pocket it goes With yep. all the effects um. You notice as you sort of look at the Because obviously
0: she's got like A photo driving license mm-hmm. As you look at the picture on there It's obviously the same woman But obviously her body has Started to decay a bit So it's more difficult mm-hmm. to tell the actual body As you look at the, the Sort of picture You can see that although she's Dressed like a tourist Due to the the sort of look of her, she looks as though she might have some sort of Italian ancestry Uh in her somewhere. And whilst Carla, as it is, isn't necessarily an Italian name, you know Uh that Sereno is certainly derived from Uh an Italian name. Uh
2: And John, the blood on her is... Sorry, I... Um, I'm guessing that with a slit throat that would be like an awful lot of blood. Yeah. Um. So do we think that she was murdered in the cupboard or that she was murdered somewhere else and put in the cupboard? Is there enough blood in
0: the cupboard for us to... You expect, given the amount of blood in the cupboard, that she probably wasn't killed in the cupboard. She's probably been shoved in there. And as you continue searching the cupboard, you actually find that there is a like a thick blanket, sort of on the floor of the cupboard, which is absolutely soaked in this dried blood. So it looks to you as though she's been killed elsewhere, wrapped up in this thick blanket, and then basically shoved in this cupboard. Okay. Because you're right, eh? the wound she's got, blood would have just poured out of it. Okay.
2: Okay. Um... Should we have a look at the last floor?
1: Yes. yes Okay
0: And so we'll head up to the next floor Okay not a problem You head up to the, the top floor which seems to be basically the bedroom where the priest would have slept there's a, a fairly simple single bed in here There's a little dresser, a little set of drawers where clothes would be kept. A small like bedside table with like a little, what must be that the stub of a long burned out candle set in a little saucer on there. However, as soon as you sort of start going up the stairs, this room again, you can smell the blood. And when you walk in there, this place is like a slaughterhouse. There's like the bed soaked in dried blood. There's dried blood splattered on the walls and on the floor. And as you look at the, the sort of wall that you're facing behind the bed as you walk in, you can see that using the blood, again there is a drawing, a bit crudely and hastily done, of this figure with its arms held out in blood, on the wall. Okay. And then you can see that the the sort of most of the bed sheets appear to be missing. Perhaps that was what was used to to wrap her up in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there any sign of the knife? Not that you can see. If you want to okay. search, you can make a roll for it, but i said that will take more time. You have a quick look around, you can't see. You can okay. search if you wish to, but like I said, that might take more time. Yeah, I'll do a
2: search. I think I'll find a knife.
0: Okay, so I'm strong. cut am going to skill. be good for that. Boom, boom, boom. Investigation. So some sort of wits investigation. Although when I when I shout out an attribute and a skill, it's just a suggestion. If you think like, oh, maybe this would this would be applicable as well. You've got an alternative. Just shout out. Worst I'm going to say is like, no, you've got maybe the original role. But if I think it's applicable, I'm quite happy to let other sort of combinations work as well.
2: Cool, wits investigation works. Okay.
0: two successes. Okay. Not a problem. And remind me, what is your intent? What are you trying to find?
2: I'm really trying to find the murder weapon Okay. or any other documents as well. Cause we know that he's written a few bits, but it's a murder weapon or any kind of weird stuff. Okay.
0: So you, you spend a fair, a fair amount of time and not a ridiculous amount of time. You spend like maybe half an hour, so we're literally, like, going over the place with, like, a fine tooth comb. I mean, obviously, you'd hear if anyone was trying to come in. It doesn't look as though anyone's been in this place in the last few days or they'd have already found this. So you go over the place with a fine tooth comb. You don't find... You find knives, like kitchen knives and stuff like that, nothing that's stained with blood or anything, obviously a murder weapon. And you're just about to, to to give up when... As you're sort of given the last once over to the bedroom in the top floor, in a little bit of light coming through the window, you catch something like glinting that seems to have like fallen down between the the wooden floorboards. And as you lean closer to get a look at it, you you reach in and you pull out what appears to be a human fingernail. You quickly oh. check the the woman and she doesn't appear to be missing any fingernails.
3: Okay.
0: Uh, and is it like a long fingernail that looks like it might be? It, it looks like, like it looks like a normal finger, However, it does have like blood on the underside of it.
2: Okay. Okay. So I'll pocket that. I presume I have some sort of evidence bag. style. yeah,
0: you've been like hunting people and stuff like that. That's fine.
2: Okay. Um, is there enough blood in the bedroom that there might be a second body somewhere or do we think that there's just enough blood for the one woman
0: it's possible that them. I mean you think it's most likely there's only the woman it's possible depending on the size of another person there could have been another person but like I say you've been over the place with a fine tooth comb you've not found any evidence of another person so if there was another person murdered here they're obviously not here anymore Okay. Um,
2: okay. So, uh, Aurelio, where do you think the priest would go to turn himself in? If that was his intent. It
1: would make sense that they would go to, well, run back to the church. Boss. It could be the police. Which Um, one do you want? Kind of happier if it was the police. Would you want to check that then as I attend to the church? Yeah. I will need some time here to uh, arrange things with the uh, tourists downstairs. We need to put that away But uh, I think We Maybe won't profit From further prodding here No So uh, What I would suggest is Unless you wish otherwise Perhaps Go on, see if you can chat up anyone from the authorities, and I will respectively tend to well uh, the mother church, and we'll see if he has gone to give confession. Okay.
0: And indeed, as you're saying this, you hear you hear sort of you near the window. You hear like footsteps mm. in the street outside getting closer to the the small building you're in and as you look out of the window you see one of your colleagues your coterie members who perhaps is a not quite so affiliated with the uh, with the father as yourself but as you look out of the window you see Franco Lombardo so Darren, would you like to describe what Franco Lombardo looks like?
4: Um it's quite difficult to do because he's got such a plain looking face. He's um you wouldn't recognise him in a crowd. He's he's got you know brown eyes, fairly sort of normal complexion, sort of medium length hair. Uh, there's nothing at all about him that stands out. Um, so you'd see him, you'd sort of introduce yourself, you'd walk away. Five minutes later, uh, you wouldn't be able to pick him out again. So he's a very strange character in that in that sense. Indeed, uh, he obviously is. Obviously, these guys know him.
0: Of of course, yeah. And as the two of you, you go and. Uh... Aurelio, really, as you look out of the window and you see this innocuous person, you almost sort of don't give him a second look. And then something about like the way he's walking and the sort of the way he carries himself deliberately to like not draw attention to himself causes you to recognise your your coterie mate, Franco Lombardo. He wasn't involved in the original conversation between yourself and the good father carter but he must have seen you talking and like followed you to find out what's going on which isn't surprising he probably as a coterie mate he probably followed along think he could he might be able to provide assistance or help you out in some way what do you got obviously he's not aware of anything that's going on what do you guys do
1: so he's outside on the street i yeah i guess uh there'd be like a maybe a, like a banging of the shutters to attract attention and then you know motion uh, for him to get up on to the third story of the, the building that we're in. Yeah, so
0: you've followed your companions, Franco, to into the, the San Paolo district. It's the, it's the oldest district of Venice, and you followed them to a small area of residential buildings. And as with a lot of buildings in Venice, because they don't have space to build outwards, they build upwards. So the building you're looking at appears to be a small residential probably like three rooms but like each room is on a separate floor it's like long and narrow rather than short and wide this building and you see as you look up following the building upwards you see of in one of the windows his pale face highlighted in the the moonlight filtering down through the clouds and you see him
4: sort of give you a quick gesture okay um I shall, yeah, attempt to make my way in. So, uh, what sort of building was it? Did you say?
0: Sorry, it's a it's a small sort of stone and wooden building. It's a residential building. It's three. It's got three floors, but on each floor there is just a a single room. The first floor appears to have like a small sort of wash basin, very basic kitchen facilities, etc. As you start heading up to staircase the simple stone staircase to the second floor you get about halfway up and you start smelling old stale blood it's faint but unmistakable and a slight sense of sickly sweet putrefaction underneath it Mm. as you walk through this this ground floor you also see there is paper scattered everywhere and on each of these pieces of paper There appears to be a drawing of a figure holding its arms out as though to embrace someone with that light emanating from it, but many of the pieces of paper are screwed up like the person wasn't happy with the drawings and they they screwed it up and they frantically started another and they screwed that up and they, they started drawing another. And as you continue up the smell of blood getting stronger you get to the second floor which is basically a lounge, there's a table with a radio on it some pot plants that don't look like they've been watered. There's also a a cupboard setting to the wall which is open and the body of a young woman who is dressed in the sort of stereotypical tourist dress in a brightly coloured sort of crop top, cut off jean shorts, is lying on the floor. There is dr- dried blood caked down the front of her and her throat appears to have been cut open in quite a deep manner to the point where it's almost severed like the vocal cords well I can, I can is anyone still on the second floor as a franco comes up
1: unless ugo goes down i, I think now
2: no i think we're still on the
0: third. okay not a problem so you continue up to the third floor franco and the third floor is basically just like a bedroom there's a simple bed a small bedside table small cabinet that would have clothes in Again, a couple of plants that don't have been watered for ages. Uh, the, the mattress of the bed is absolutely caked in dried blood, although it appears to be missing its sheets. And on the wall behind the bed, daubed in dried blood on the sort of cracked stone wall, is another image of this sort of hazy, indistinct human figure with its arms held wide, drawn in dried blood that's started to brown with age. And you see your colleagues, Aurelio and Hugo, obviously sort of in the midst of like investigating the room and sort of giving it a once over. As you, in fact, as you enter, you see you just see Hugo sort of lean down. He seems to have spotted something in between the the sort of slats of the, the wooden floorboards. He lifts it up and holds it up to the light, and you can see he's holding a human fingernail with a little bit of blood caked underneath it as he holds it up to the light and looks at it.
4: Hmm. So what have we managed to find?
2: Uh, it's fairly little in truth. Um, the priest doesn't seem to be here. The body's been here a week. The priest hasn't eaten here in four weeks. Um so we have we found some writings, we found some pictures, I found his fingernail. Um the writings indicate that the priest has gone to turn himself in. Um so I am going to go and investigate at the police station. Aurelio here is going to uh speak
1: to the church. To be Clear. we are looking for said priest uh, who has uh, absconded for one reason or another. There is a, an angel figure you will have seen on some of the papers down one story. And I think that the body you will also have seen downstairs is there because this priest in particular has dedicated that murder to the angel.
4: Is, is this the, the first body that's been found? Quite. In, as far as we know. Mm. How, how long has this priest been
1: missing? Well, we uh, well, Ugo has suggested that perhaps a month thereabouts depending on how old that body is. But four to five weeks seems to be the uh, timeline. But the body doesn't feel that old. The body feels about a Mm. week old. Mm. Oh, okay. But it has been that long since the priest has actively used the uh, shall we say facilities of this building. And is this
4: building his? Do we know?
1: He does seem to resign. It's his residence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. As I was saying, we probably do not benefit a lot from poking around further. And this needs to, the thing down one story needs to be taken care of and I will do this. Um, Perhaps you two will head to the, uh, police while I tend to the mess and well, we shall reconvene latest before dawn.
4: Who put us on to this originally then?
1: A mutual friend of Hugo and I, Another priest. Worried for his colleagues state of being I suppose they were they have been acting erratically I take it
4: we don't know who the victim is yet
1: oh we do I
4: have
1: have the uh, wallet but just to be clear as you go to the police this woman never died here the woman never entered this residence we do not know who this no one has died, as far as we are concerned. So we're just reporting the disappearance of this priest? Um, asking after him, I would say, at this point. As concerned friends and members of the congregation. Hmm. And perhaps asking for assistance if, if the uh, police might be... Uh, obliged to lend some resources for this
4: hmm. and uh, the victim is is there any clues to why they were chosen is there possibly another victim that we need so to So I
1: be? I fish out the um the wallet and I'll take out the uh, if there is an ID card or a passport Yeah uh, there's this the photo driving license is the nearest yeah so I'll I'll hold up the driver's license. Is that like Italian driver's license or it,
0: it's not an Italian driving license, no, it's a European mm-hmm. driving license. Yeah.
1: So I'll 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 show it as like tourists. Oh. Is sure. why she died.
4: Okay. And so also the...
1: why she should not have died, as we know. But there's no uh there's
4: no clue to
1: Who could be the next victim if there was to be such a no i think this is entirely arbitrary this person was a victim of chance this this too is an act of god
0: as you're saying that from the from the back pocket of the the dead woman you hear a
1: one moment (laughs) oh I'll go Please and fish hold. out the uh, phone. Okay, you fish out the mobile phone.
0: It appears she's received a text message. The phone is locked, obviously you don't have the code for it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you get like the little summary you can see on the opening screen. You can see like the first like half of whatever this text message is, and it just says, "It says, Carla, are you still on that Ancestry.com
1: BS tip?" Um. Let me. Where's my? uh, Where's my thing here? Uh... Maybe you could um
4: try and unlock it with a fingerprint of the body.
1: If um such a. So so as as a side note, John is the final operator, of course. But two thousand twelve, a college student. Uh, I'm. I'm not sure what kind of phone she would be lugging around but um, with a technology dot of one, John, Yeah. Do I, do, do I have an idea of what would be the best way to unlock this device?
0: I, I'll say if you make me a, an intelligence technology roll, if you succeed, you can work out a way to unlock it.
1: All right, intelligence. And it should roll it because I press the skill and then I select the ability, it should roll the thing success is
0: one so it, ta- it takes it takes you a while because you have to do a bit of trial and error with like the code but eventually yeah. you do unlock it the the text message i'm just going to ask what languages you speak
1: uh italian latin okay
0: you do not understand the text message
1: because yeah. it's, it's in english mm-hmm. yeah so um it, that will have to wait until later when i get it translated but yeah do you i speak, uh, english, or you speak
4: english i do
0: speak english all oh, right, yeah, in which case... Ah, you, yeah, well,
1: yeah, I'll, I'll, I do show it around.
0: Yeah, you, you'd see it enough to, like, know, oh, that's English if, if you didn't understand it. You show it to Franco, mm-hmm. and it basically, it seems to be from someone called Jason, which says Jason at the end of it, and he basically seems to be saying, like, oh, are you still on that Ancestry.com-based trip to Venice that you're taking? And he's basically saying, oh, he thinks that all these Ancestry sites were like allowed to BS anyway. And he says he says, Still if you manage to track down any like lost long long lost relatives or like family treasure or anything, let me know. I don't expect you'll see this until you get back. I know what you're like with your phone, but hope you have a good holiday,
4: Jason. It's fairly generic. But... Uh certainly tells us, yeah, tourist, no ties. Mm. Mm. Well, potentially no ties unless there are ancestors or relatives mm. around, but,
1: yeah. Well, in this case... Uh...
4: I might have a look through the contacts, John, just to see if there's any phone numbers with, like, the area code. A lot of local dialing or codes. The country code, or you know what I mean, something that might be like, okay,
0: you you don't find any sort of local area code like numbers. However, you do find uh, that she's effectively like made some notes in her phone, and you're able to piece together over like I mean, it's a very crude like note taking app, but yeah, um, I'm sort of fudging it because I can't remember exactly what phones were like in twenty 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 twelve. I'll be honest, yeah. but she, she's made some brief notes, and it, it appears after like reading them and piecing it together that she did one of these these sort of test your DNA sort of ancestry tests online and it was revealed that she had some Italian ancestry and she's basically come to Venice as a tourist but also because she wants to try and like track down her family. You see that her last name is Sereno, which appears to be a, a sort of slight corruption of an old Italian name. So she came here for the purposes of tracking down you know whether her family originally came from venice and you can see she's basically got like a few addresses written down but they're like you know the local library and like places where she could start her research it doesn't look at the time as she made this this note as though she'd like really started her research or had any sort of breakthroughs
4: Okay, well I guess we're going to report what like you say. Report to the police. See if they've had any...
3: Mm.
4: any uh, if they can put out some sort of missing person.
0: Okay, so Franco and Hugo are going to the police, is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And while they're doing that, what are you up to, Aurelio?
1: Uh, Aurelio dons the white gold mask and makes a few calls and we need to scrub the place of corpse blood uh all the angel references uh, basically all the art uh that has been created here in recent weeks um and the the murder evidence um which is to say that uh, aurelio is leaning on on the um um, on the lordship beats that uh, we have chosen. So he, he has a mask that combines gold and the sort of porcelain features of uh, ostensibly his sire. Um, and um, he's, as a result, uh, he's got connections specifically <laughs> that help him in um, covering up death. Yeah, I believe you have the equivalent uh, of four dots of influence when it comes yep. to covering up there.
0: Yep. So, so th- yep. that is not a problem. That that will be done. You have the ability to just mm-hmm. do that without even making a roll. I'm just going to ask for the purposes of filling in a bit of detail. Mm-hmm. Obviously, let like us you say you, you put the call through for want of a better term. Mm-hmm. When you arrange for this, what form do your connections take? I mean, is it literally like guys turning up in a
1: white van and like, Scrubbing brushes, and I—I I think there is a legit, and we no doubt will explore all of this oh, further yeah, of down the line. Mm-hmm. But I—I I think there's a legit, like cleanup like, crew. <laughs> a, there's a cleanup crew that is connected to necromancers, like mortal people, black magic um, practitioners, in their sort of uh, libraries of occult lore, most of it known to Aurelio to be just complete hogwash, uh, but like mortal practitioners of the black arts um, uh, who would be uh, known to Aurelio uh, because he's, he's in that show himself, and uh, also uh, this the reason why it's these guys who come in with the dedication and the, the discretion mainly is the key. Is because, well, there's an understanding that like Aurelio knows that they're not going to go to anyone. Because if, if they get burnt, uh, it's going to be bad times for them because Aurelio's arranging corpses for these guys. And if they get site, that's going to be... Pr- presumably as well, Like as long as whatever you call them in to deal with is dealt
0: with, you don't really mm-hmm. care what happens to the evidence, no. which... No, no. Presumably, like taking a dead body and lo- all this like weird, bizarre stuff would be quite appealing to a group of yep. mortal
1: necromancers. But yeah, yeah uh, And sh- it's it's only ever bodies. Like he takes all yep. the like the phone and the wallet. Never like he's gonna burn those later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he doesn't give them that stuff. He just gets the body and then gets them to help with the the cleaning. Yeah,
0: So, a short while after your comrades have left, a a fairly nondescript. Sort of van pulls up, Prudent. like like, <laughs> and it, it probably has some like gaudy, sort of like painter and decorating company like logo on the side. Mm-hmm. Some guys come out wearing the standard, you know, like overalls, carrying like those paintbrushes on the long handles and stuff mm-hmm. like that, carrying like work bags, yep. looking for yeah, all the world. It's John Wick all the way, yeah. L- looking for all the world <laughs> like they've been hired to like redecorate this mm-hmm. apartment, which, in a sense, they have. I do. But yeah, they're going to take they, the paper off the wall because it's black. <laughs> they, they head in, they they immediately sort of go to work. Obviously, you, you made the arrangement, you put the coin in. They immediately go to work. They start sort of gathering everything together, you know, that you want to take and sort of like putting mm-hmm. the body in one of these bags and cleaning the blood up and stuff like that. And they go to yep. work on that. So we're going to cut across to Franco and Hugo heading to the nearest police station you walk in it's a it's a civilian police station state police effectively as you walk in you can see it's a fairly small sort of local sort of station there's uh, a slightly overweight guy stood at the desk with his shirt's like a little bit untucked he's like unbuttoned it a bit uh, probably against the heat and he's just not rebuttoned it now it's got colder in the evening there's a couple of people in the background obviously sat on chairs waiting to see other people there's various police and like detectives walking around there's like a vending machine and a little waiting area there's probably like a couple of cells at the back because it's more like sort of sheriff's office than like a big like metropolitan police station but you can see this uh guy he's got like a little little mustache about the same size as mine actually moustache is a He's slightly overweight, slightly pudgy. He's uh, He looks like he's sweating a little bit, despite the fact that it's not that warm. He occasionally lifts up a, a report next to himself and he's like, and occasionally like writes something. I you see, like as you walk in, there's a couple of people, like, a couple of police bring in like someone who's obviously been brought in for questioning. He, like in a very uninterested manner, like takes their details, writes down their name, and he's like, I'll oh, take him take, take to interview room two and they sort of lead them through, and then he goes back to sort of, his main occupation, which seems to be, like, leaning on the desk. Obviously, you guys can see this through there, the two sort of doors that swing open. What do you want to do? Uh, are we inside Yes. You're just outside. Like, the doors have just opened. You've seen these guys come in, and the doors are just okay. starting to, like, swing shut again. So I think that before I...
2: Before I went in, I would like to try and find some kind of homeless vagrants kind of in the neighborhood.
0: Um, and I think that. What, what, <clears throat> why, why would a vampire want a homeless vagrant?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? A Who mystery knows? for the ages. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Okay. Oh. So- Good, good point, John. We'll revisit the corpse business after after this. <laughs> I have one more thing I need to do. That's absolutely fine. Okay, so I'm going
0: to ask you to make me a, a wit streetwise role. Again, this isn't to see whether you succeed or not, because you will find a vagrant eventually. But if you fail the role, it'll take you like a long time, especially given recently they, there's been a big push by the uh, the Venetian government to actually not sort of solve the problem of homelessness but just like, just shuffle it out of sight a bit so it doesn't like distract from the, all that tourist money coming in Okay and do I
2: get a bonus because
0: I'm effectively vagrant myself?
2: Yeah, I'll give you a one last bonus Okay, so uh, you said streetwise and wits Yep and modifier is just plus one if right. that works yep. Okay, and here will be-
0: Go, Damn. Damn. Oh, nice. Okay, so, so you're you're literally just about to walk into the police station. I want to find a vagrant first, and you literally just like glance down the side street next to the police station, and you can hear like a sort of rustling noise from down there. And as you look down there, you see there's like one of those big sort of like sort of tip slash like wheelie bins, you know, the big metal ones. And, as you look down, you see like a pair of legs like with tattered old trousers on and like one shoe missing, like as this person's obviously like hang their legs are hanging out and their upper half is completely concealed as they're rummaging around in this bin, and you be like, yeah, uh, uh,
3: yeah.
0: coming from inside the bin, okay, and how well is Franco
2: dressed um, yeah,
4: he's quite well dressed, okay.
2: Yeah. so i'll go just turn into a franco and just be way here so you don't scare him and uh i'll be back yeah. in a minute yeah um
4: no that's no problem i'll keep an eye out basically uh
2: so i'll call out to him as i'm getting nearby um
0: trying to get his attention as he's dumpster diving uh, okay as you, as you call out you hear like a slight shriek of surprise from inside the bin and the legs like disappear in the into the bin. As he's sort of okay. like basically like he's like, Oh, I've been rumbled and he like jumps into the bin and like the lid comes down. Cause he's okay. he's right next to the police station. He's like, Oh, the police have come out, they've caught me. Oh, yeah. And he just folds um, himself in. So I uh, just I
2: guess get closer and open it up and say,
0: Hey, I need a favour. Um, you see this, like, this old, fairly old fellow that's difficult to tell because he's in such a bad state. He's got like this matted beard. He's, uh, he's got a slightly sort of crazy look to his eyes. He's, his clothing is like a mismatch of just, like, stolen and sort of worn-out clothing. Because obviously, like, he just wears clothing until it falls off him, and then he just, like, steals another piece and chucks it on top. You can see in his hand he's cradling what looks to be, like, Half a cheeseburger, like wrapped up in sort of greasy paper, and you can see he's got like half a crumpled up like pack of cigarettes in his hand, and he's like, "I need a favour He's like, oh. and sort of like, draws him <laughs> closer as so though he's worried, like you're going to steal these like horrendous treasures from him. Um. So, I will pull out
2: some notes, euro notes, I guess. Um and just say, I really just need a minute of your time. Uh, I don't have any interest in your food. Um, I'm just looking for some information.
0: Okay. As you sort of... uh, He seems a little bit suspicious at first, but uh, the sort of wad of notes you get out seems to very quickly allay his suspicions, and he sort of... He slowly and... Quite painfully, as like maybe he's got like a twitch of like arthritis in his shoulder or something like that. He sort of painfully like heaves himself out of this this dumpster with a with a grunt, sort of disappearing the the half cheeseburger into his uh, filthy coat pockets. He he takes out one of these like quite crumpled up like cigarettes, and he he starts sort of like patting himself around. And he's like he's like you got you got a light. Uh yeah, and I'll pull out a lighter and yeah, you, you light like a cigarette and he's got slightly shaky, sort of unsteady hands and he's like, and <laughs> up like, coughing in half, half sort of exhales this uh, cloud of smoke and he's like, he's like oh, a call. What, what do you want, then? He's like, "I wasn't doing no no harm, Mister."
2: No, no, nothing about that. Um. <clears throat> I'm looking for a priest who may have or did visit the police station in the last few days.
0: He, he sort of laughs and he's like, oh yeah, I'm like that with the clergy. Uh, and he sort of coughs well, again as he like, trust take could drag up his back. <laughs> um, he had
2: noticed this one. He was very odd, very strange. Um, potentially lost his mind. Um, he says, oh, that. Would have caused the scene.
0: Oh, yeah. He says, yeah, I remember him. He says, "Yeah, he was a weird one." He says, "He, he came up to the police station." So I don't remember how, how long ago it was. I've, I've had a bit to drink. The old memory gets a bit hazy when you're my age, But uh, yeah, he came up to the he came up to the police station. He were like, he were running, and he looked really scared. And then he ran into the police station. I heard talking inside. I don't know what they said, but then a few minutes later, he came walking out of the police station, looking cool as a cucumber. And then he just walked off ah. ever so weird now which direction did he walk in he says he, he says "Oh, we headed in that direction to, to towards the bridge to the Rialto Oh, okay he says he says the reason it struck me is well like I say he looked, I ain't never seen a man look look more <coughs> look more scared than that when he when he went running in there I thought they were sure to arrest him because of how he looked but uh, then like I say when he came out he looked calm as anything. Okay.
2: And did he seem to have any blood on
0: him? He says, um, "No, not as I saw." Um, I didn't one week I didn't notice it was weird. It was a, uh, it was quite warm, and he was wearing gloves, which I thought was a okay. bit odd. That says, is um, odd. He says, "Yeah, bro." He says, "Yeah, actually, um," and he starts like patting in his pockets. He says, uh, "He, he, on his way out, he threw me a bit of change actually, although, know, but I'm sure." I Kept it here somewhere, and not he? Yeah, there we go. And he, he takes out like a small silver coin and he sort of holds it up to you. But trying to hold it in a way that he obviously doesn't want to let go of it. And he holds it up to this the sort of moonlight. And he's like, like, what do you reckon to that? I've never seen a coin that looks like that. Alright. And what symbols are on it, or can I tell? You have a look at it. And it does appear to be a, an Italian coin. I've read a piece of like a really old Italian coin. Almost like okay. an antique coin. Okay. Um, Rather than like your modern Euros or anything like that. Okay. Um would you take fifty Euros
2: for the coin?
0: He says, Oh I don't know about that. I reckon it'd be a I reckon it'd be worth a fair bob this to a to a collector. He says, Oh if you can stretch it to sixty I might uh, it oh it kill me but I might be able to let it go for a sixty.
2: Okay, now I'll give you 60 for the coin and 40 for the information.
0: Uh, yeah, he, he sort of literally like shoves it at you. As soon as you're like, oh, you're okay. kidding, you can have 60 out another 40 on top. He's like, yep.
2: Okay. Uh, well, I'll leave you to your business. Oh, and yeah, thanks. I'll uh, leave him there. Walk back towards the...
0: As you start walking off, he you hear him like whistling as he's walking off. He's obviously like counting his money. And you, you hear him, you hear him like under his breath. He's like, "Oh, that's not a bad day's work, Corrado Not bad at all." <laughs> and he like walks off counting his money. Okay. And then a few moments later, you hear like the sound of the bin lid going as well, like he's got back in the dumpster.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, um. So, uh, so then when I. Get to the door of the police station. I'll uh, steal myself up and push my way in and approach the. Uh, I, uh, sorry, before I do that, I'll tell Franco to, um, look upset in the
4: corner like, he's lost something. Um. In the police station. In the police station, yeah, yeah so they yeah. could see well, it. I, but... Yeah, I want to keep away from him because uh, he's quite repulsive to the. sort of normal bystander but um he obviously hides that quite quite a lot but if they see through it
2: um so i'll approach this um policeman um and um, i just say good evening um i am the italian equivalent of a private eye (laughs) Um, sorry, you can just is? say private. <laughs> I will, it's fine. Yeah, um, I'm looking for a priest who uh seems to have some amnesia. Um, kind of seems to be losing his way home, can't find his way home. Um, seems to be losing his mind a little bit, kind of going into his dotage. He's quite old. Um, his nephew over here is. Quite concerned for his well being. Um, we believe he might have been here about a week ago. I'm wondering the, if you might remember him.
0: The the overweight uh, the guy who's on the desk. So, so. yeah, yeah, I remember him. Uh, came in babbling, said he wanted, said he committed a crime and wanted to turn himself in. Then when I tried to when I tried to press him on the details and find out what was going on, he seemed to like pull himself together. like he say quite an old boy. And um, then he said, "Oh, he basically apologised profusely, and said that sometimes he had, he had like forgetful spells, and, and he imagined things in his old age." Now, if he'd have been younger, I'd have been half tempted to book him for wasting police time, to be honest. But like I say, he, he was an old, uh, he was an old fellow and a priest to to boot. So uh, I just told him to make sure he took care of himself, and he he went on his way as happy as Larry. Okay, you I don't know when it. that might have been, do you? Was there a record? He says, uh, "He says, oh yeah, it'll be, it'll be written down somewhere." And he starts out like, looking through the, the piles of paper, on his desk, and he says, uh, "He says, oh, it would have been a, it would have been last week." Okay. Um, and no reports on him since. No, other incidents or. At which point he sort of like he looks back as if he's looking like into the back of a police station. And he's like, a, he's like, sparda, sparda. and you see like a, uh, an Italian woman at the back, so sat at a desk, looks up and she's like, yeah, what? He's like, have you heard any more about these bridge weirdos of yours in the last uh, few weeks? She's like, no, it's all been quiet. Why who wants to know? He's like, oh, there's a fellow here, bro, asking about that weird old priest we had in the other week. And you see this woman like get up and she starts walking over. And she basically the the guy you've been talking to seems like as soon as she walks over, like she's obviously a detective because she's not wearing like a uniform. He says like as soon as she walks over, he's like, "Right, I don't need to know anymore." He's like, "I've done my due diligence. Like, I've passed it off to somebody else. Lovely, jubbly, I can get back to like being lazy." The uh, this young woman walks up. Um, you can see she has a, actually like a, a name badge on which says Detective Rosina Sparda. She she walks up. She holds out hand. She says, "Detective Sparda, uh, how how can I help you, sir?" Um, she takes out a I lights
2: it. I'm a private investigator. I'm looking for um, oh. oh yeah, uh, Father Pasquale Altamuro. Um, his uh, nephew here has kind of hired me. He's concerned about the old man. Seems like he's suffering bouts of amnesia. Um, <laughs> Sprouting nonsense from time to time. Uh, and we really just want to get him, him to the hospital so he can get checked out because it definitely feels like something's
0: wrong. She says, Oh I I, I yeah, the, the as uh as Umberto was saying, the older the old priest did come in here, but uh I didn't know he had a nephew. Uh, if you don't mind, I wouldn't mind speaking to his nephew, uh you know. So like I say he did seem in a bit of a tiz when he came in here, and she starts like I'm still chatting to you but starts like walking over towards uh towards your boy, Franco.
4: (laughs) Your boy, Franco, is currently deploying the Mask of a Thousand (laughs) Faces as soon as he... uh, Well, just before he entered the police station, so if he is picked up on any cameras or asked to speak to anyone.
0: Okay. So you're appearing as a nondescript sort of
4: person at the moment.
0: And like you say so yeah so you need to you need to make me a rouse check there's just a roll button just to the right of your hunger chart to trigger that ok you've failed that so the, the power still works I believe but your hunger increases by one because using, you're, you're calling on the power of the blood I think it, it yes think it has, it actually... it's done it you're on oh, two oh, at the start yeah
4: yeah, I thought I thought you'd changed. Yep. So is a rouse always one D ten, is it? Yeah, basically.
0: Okay. The but basically level one powers don't generally require a rouse check. Anything above that often does. Okay. Okay, so you you've been using Mask of a Thousand Faces to appear as nondescript, but obviously that's called on the power of your blood, so you are starting to feel a bit more hungry. As a... Yep. Like you say you're you're sat down sort of trying to look a bit upset and whatever on one of these seats in the corner, as a uh, detective Sparta walks over to you, she sort of like leans on the wall next to you and she leans down to basically be a bit closer when she talks to you, and as she leans forward a a small silver cross on a chain around her neck sort of falls out of falls out of her top, and you feel a momentary sense of panic like grip you as you're like. Even though you don't breathe, your chest seems to tighten. And you feel the the urge to shrink away from this folkloric bane that you suffer from.
4: Yeah, so what I do is, as soon as I see that, I sort of get up and walk away from her. uh, And just say, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it and I'm sort of covering my face as as I'm upset.
0: Legit, she just sort of holds her hand up. She says, she's obviously been trained in sort of like grief counselling or something similar and she holds her hand up in a very sort of calm, evenly measured voice. She's no reason to suspect you're not who you say you are. Why would you come in here and be like, tell me about this priest that I'm not related to? Yeah. She's like, she's like, oh, I'm sorry, that's fine. I I didn't mean to upset you. Uh, I just wanted to ask some questions about your uncle, the, the priest.
3: Yeah, Look, and, I'll I, and I just try. I can, that... I can
0: stay. I can stay over here. I don't want to. I don't want to crowd you. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. If if I stay here, can we talk? And she just holds her hands up and like doesn't pointedly doesn't move any closer to you. Yeah. Well then you can still what see the wanna... glint
4: of the silver cross, sort of like yeah, yeah, hanging around oh, I'm Sort of... I sort of peek through my eyes occasionally, make sure she's not coming any closer. Yeah, yeah she, she, she's often. literally like not approaching.
0: She doesn't want to scare you off because she won't get any information.
4: And uh, so. I just say, I can't say, I can't, I don't know if I'll be able to help you.
0: Look, Well, uh, all I would to tell is, I've been looking into your, into your uncle's um, medical background. It appears that uh, a few weeks ago, he suffered a, um, an episode while he was crossing the, the the rialto bridge uh according to according to the medical records and she she sort of reaches out and just like taps like a card file says according to the the medical records he he had all the the classic indications of having suffered some form of seizure or convulsive fit and yet by the time he was taken to the, the nearest hospital he was absolutely fine but, based on his behaviour coming into the police station and the sudden change in his demeanour, I am a little concerned that there may be unforeseen effects from the episode that he suffered, and with a man of your uncle's age, Obviously, we're very concerned. I did attempt to i did attempt to persuade him to remain in the in the police station so we could talk further when he last came in but he, he wasn't having any of it I'm afraid and I, and given that he's committed no crime as far as I'm aware I didn't have the, the power to hold him here but I really do think if you know where your uncle is it would be in your best interest to persuade him to seek further medical attention after all the such things are, are the, the, the brain is still a mystery to to, to medical science so there could be all manner of delayed side effects that only show up later from such an episode and i would hate to think of anyone especially a especially a long-serving member of the church suffering unnecessarily so if, if you do know where where your uncle is i've attempted to to contact him um via the telephone but uh no luck if you do know where he is, please uh, advise him to seek medical attention.
4: That's, that's why we're here. We don't know where he is. That's, we need we need help to find him. This is a uh, last resort. I'm sure if I could see him, speak to him, then maybe I can find out what's happened. He he just said he had a funny turn. I didn't know this is what had happened to him
0: okay at this point i'm going to ask can you make me a a charisma insight
4: role insight. uh so do i click on the charisma or the insight? insight and then it will have a pop-up where you can tell you which one like. to pick yeah. okay yeah yeah
0: now you're not going to get the normal social penalty for being repulsive from this because is you trying to work something out rather than you're trying to persuade someone okay, so three successes when you say this and you say, "Oh, he's gone missing, we're worried about him." You briefly see like her expression like seems to change a little bit, but it's very like brief, like she's obviously very practised at like presenting a certain face, and she covers it up very quickly, but her expression seems to flicker for a few moments. And you see her hand sort of like almost impulsively reach out towards the card file on the desk next to her, and then she like She appears from your based on your insight, she appears to like want to say more, but she's she's sort of like glancing around as though like she, she thinks she perhaps could say more, but she's not sure she should. And she's sort of like she's paused for a moment as so though she's like, oh, sh- 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 should I tell him something else or should I mm-hmm. just keep my mouth shut?
4: Yeah, I'll try and lay it on a bit thicker then. Uh, so sort of both hands over the face. and I don't know what's going to happen to him. At... He's He's gone missing before, but only for a day or two. I fear the worst. Uh, we yeah. really need to find him as soon as possible.
0: Okay, well, I'm not going to ask you to make another roll because you passed the initial one. Um, that additional push seems to make her mind up for her. And detective Sparta sort of looks around for a bit, and you see she tucks the card folder under her arm, and then she says, "Look, I I can't say any more at the moment, but I'm I'm going to go out the back for a for a smoke break in ten minutes. So uh, if you if you meet me around the back um, by the by the dumpster, I might be able to I might be able to take some more information that you might find a bit interesting. Uh, like I say, I would hate to think of a of an up." An older gentleman, a priest, especially suffering unnecessarily, but but I can't say any more him. Meet me out the back of the of the station in ten minutes,
4: and I just uh, I just nod and sort of walk towards the door. Right, okay.
0: follow. Not a problem. You guys head out. We then flash back over to the priest's abode where the cleaners are sort of. Doing their business and you said there was something else you wanted to do, really? Yeah.
1: Be- before they arrive, um, I would have ransacked the uh, kitchen for um, any kind of plastic container. Yeah, I think you could probably of, find of like, any... you know a couple of those like, like Tupperware, like plastic boxes. Yeah, I'll, I'll get the the largest Tupperware I can, and yeah,
0: you find a uh, you find a Tupperware box that has like some sort of, like, fruit cake in, perhaps from one of, like, the
1: parishioners. Yep. Yeah. And I'll get that in the, uh... <laughs> the trash. Yep. Yeah. And, um... I'll get to the body. Get out my, uh... It's, it's one of those uh, familiar from so many uh, movies and, and TV series. It's a one of those like leather wraps that you unroll, and there's there's some tools in there. Um, it's all scalpels of different kinds. Yeah, uh, I, I take one of them. This is a prick a finger, and uh, I'll get to work. And the intention here is I want to drain the fetid blood uh, of this corpse. Into the Tupperware cup, as much as I can.
0: Yeah, I do a problem with that. It doesn't need
1: to be like I exsanguinate the entire thing, but I want to take a I want to take a Tupperware cup of of the fetid blood. Yeah, that's the, not a uh, problem, of course. So, uh, this is indeed a thing I can roll for, uh, or have to rather, yep. um, as a feeding thing. So, I I've set this up. I think it works when I press that. So this is. Um, like hunting quote unquote yeah um, but you have to feed from on a, on cold, a corpse blood, then, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is uh, a role for resolve and medicine because you need to know how to get the thing because yeah. it's it's not like regular like it doesn't just sprout out <laughs> so uh let's see if i just click this and it does it there we go yeah got a it. couple so yeah i i drained the the it's it's going to have coagulated so it's going to be yeah, wonderful slightly, slightly looking.
0: slightly <laughs> yeah
1: so i i get the the blood jello in my uh to go cup and i uh, i put that away before the the good folks come over from the uh, the the agency <laughs> and uh yeah i i direct them i you know help them sort it out here and uh yeah, we, we leave behind the uh, perplexingly antiseptic smelling apartment <laughs> with some new wallpaper. Oh, okay, so
0: we jump back to the, the police station 10 minutes later. Hugo okay. and Franco round the, the back of the police station by the same dumpster that you were you in earlier, Hugo. Only this time the detective, Inspector Sparda, is there. She's still got the... The file, the card file, tucked under her arm. She walks out. You see her take a cigarette out. She, she lights it. You see her have a quick sort of look up and down the alleyway. You know, make sure no one else is about. And then she, um, she leans in and she, she holds up this cardstock file, which is quite thick. There's quite a lot of paper in it. It says, um, "Well, now while I can't, I can't tell you anything specific about." anything more about your uncle. uh, Says this file here, and like I say he shows it, it's quite a thick file. I mean, about that sort of thick. He says, this file contains details of a number of people who have suffered similar medical incidents to your uncle whilst passing over the Rialto bridge, stretching back almost 50 years And I'm pretty sure if I could, if we had reliable records that went back before then, I'd probably find that there were more going back even further. But the further you go back, the more difficult it is to find reliable information. He says now, um, most of these people appear to have demonstrated, seem to have recovered afterwards. And they've demonstrated some odd behaviours. I don't mean to worry you, but a few of them have died shortly afterwards. Uh, most of their shuffles through these records a number of them their relatives reported that they were behaving strangely or they appeared to have uh, fugue states where they didn't really seem like themselves I've even got mentions here of uh, people if you look at the furthest back records of people speaking in tongues and other nonsense like that but yes that's why um that's what that lazy fuck Umberto in there said. He said it might be another one of my bridge weirdos. It's something of a. That's why I do not want to talk about it in front of the others. It's. I I got involved with one of the the prior cases and I became interested in it and started tracking it back, and it's something of a joke at the station, that this is my pet project. And well, you can you can imagine how people like that and she had jokes that thumb back at the direction of the station door responded to the fact that oh, there's, a, there's a DI looking into such fanciful things I mean when I first when I, my superiors heard about it it damn near cost me my job but um, so I've had to keep it on the down low ever since but as soon as you're uh, as soon as I found out about your uncle's case I I added it to my file I've even managed to get a hold of his uh, I'm sure you've seen them but I've even managed to get a hold of his uh, his medical records from when they first took him to the hospital not that it sh- Not that it shows anything of course that's the frustrating thing despite all these people having suffered seizures, fits, whatever you want to call them and us having access to a number of the medical records from the more recent cases when someone's taken to the hospital they're given whatever scans they give them there CAT scans, whatever they seem perfectly fine there's there has been no medical reason for for their seizures which is obviously ridiculous, there must be people don't just collapse for nothing but it's strange the, the quick recovery rates the, the, the altered behaviour the fact they all occurred in the same location there's there's look my my instincts I've been on the force for years my instincts are telling me there's some sort of connection but I just can't see what it is and like I said with me having to be extra careful I can't dedicate the, the, the resources and the time to pursuing it that I would like I, I can't risk losing my job over something like this
4: Um, I was going to continue with the uh, obviously distraught sort of a- approach, yep. um, and I'll just say, i mean could could we have a look at that those cards? maybe we can spend some time looking for them, see if there's any more connections
0: uh, yeah, of course, and she like takes a few steps towards you and holds out the holds out the file
4: reach <laughs> as far as I get away from her, but yeah, okay, yeah them. you're she's still got like this cross around the neck, which
0: isn't unusual, a lot of people are like quite religious in Venice. But um, yeah, you're, I'm going to say if you want to like actually reach out and take it because you're like, having to like get closer to it, you're going to have to spend a willpower to like reach out and take it. Because obviously normally you'd have to spend a willpower like not to flee, but in this situation you're actively trying to reach closer and take something. So I just click a box. Yeah, you just click the the first box of your yep. willpower. Yeah. Yep, it's
1: so you... essentially taking damage to your willpower. Yeah, it's, basically, like spending it. You, you do it like you do and with what, health. Why is it one line or like single line so, and double? So the meaning behind those is the the single line is just normal, regular damage. When you get the the double lines, uh, as in crossed out, that's called aggravated damage. That's sort of like deadly stuff is happening to you. So example would be. You get someone hits you with the bat. That might be you know just regular damage going on. Someone shoots you with a rifle in the chest, and you're you're a person Uh, aggravated damage. And um, that same kind of logic applies to willpower as well, but of course in different you know. So it's just harder to recover from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it takes a longer time. I
0: believe with willpower, and also correct me if I'm wrong, Johannes. I have to look into that because yeah, I, I believe effectively you can spend like twice your willpower. Because once you've filled it up with like minor damage, you can continue spending, but then it starts filling up with major damage. And obviously once you get into major damage, it takes you longer to recover or get that willpower back. So if you spend loads of this short period of time, it's gonna it's more mentally taxing and draining on you, so it takes you longer to come back from it. But yeah, like at one point you you recover that fairly quickly. But yeah, you manage to like steal yourself against the this feeling of sort of absolute dread that grips you as you like, you almost can't take your eyes off this like silver cross as you as you reach out and you like, snatch the the file away from and sort of withdraw backwards. But you spend the whole so you're not like fleeing across the rooftops or anything, but you have sort of grabbed it and sort of like just drawn back a bit. Yeah. Which she puts down to the fact, yeah, you're still nervous. Maybe you don't trust the police. A lot of people don't. So again, she's just trying to be like non-threatening and non-confrontational because like she said, she genuinely thinks you're a grieving relative and she's she's obviously a religious person herself. She doesn't want to think of like an elderly priest out there on his own. You know, she's like, well, I can't do anything about it within the law because technically I don't know how long they've been missing for. They've not been reported missing, so I can't do anything yet. But, you know, you're a relative. Maybe if I give you this, you can do something about it.
4: Yeah. I like to think that the mask, you know, of the Thousand Faces is sort of covering up some of the grimness yeah, and yeah. stuff as I'm sort of <laughs> approaching the... Uh, it's, the seal, it's definitely
0: it? helping with her... in Reinforce her
4: assumption that you're just a grieving relative. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I sort of... Yeah, I step back and I say... Uh, yeah, I will spend as much as much time as I can and look into this. And if I come up with anything, obviously, you'll be the first to know. Maybe that, thanks, there's I'd, something, pre-
0: I'd appreciate that. One.
4: Maybe there's something that's been missed. Um, he says,
0: Well, I. He says, Keep the report, just don't let anyone know you've got it. I've got another copy of it. Um, Look, I, I better get back inside, or people'll be wondering where I've got to. But yeah, if you if you do hear anything, um, and she she takes out like you know like a police like notebook, scribbles a mobile phone number down on it, and knowing that you seem to be a bit rattled, she like holds out the paper with the mobile phone number on to you, go rather, <laughs> rather than yourself because she doesn't want to like scare you anymore as a grieving relative. She holds yeah, out I, to
4: you. I'll, I'll be sort of looking through the cards already, trying to yeah. be like. Yeah, involved in that so not. DI
0: Sparda looks at you you go and she's like if you do find anything give give me a call day or night that's, that's my personal mobile number look I've got to get back and she she sort of like stubs out a, a cigarette that she's barely taking a couple of drags of and then she heads back in through like the the rear door into the police station as she opens the door you briefly hear like the hubbub of com- general conversation inside and then it goes quiet as she
4: shuts the door behind her Hmm. Well, yeah, maybe this is something we can use. Um, my guy's got a speciality in missing people as well, John. I don't know how that would help with investigation. If, if you made
0: an investigation roll, it would give you an extra dice.
4: Yeah okay, cool. Uh, well, should we, should we uh, go meet back... What we found. Yes. Yeah, so. Next actions.
0: Okay, so where do yeah. you guys? Where do you? I'm assuming you guys will have somewhere you've arranged a rendezvous. Where do you guys want to meet up? I guess we're outside the Basilica,
2: right?
0: Yep. Like I said, the Basilica. It's a. It's this large sort of Gothic Venetian church, which has all these different like shrines to that like, famous Venetians who are buried there inside. It has two, like, restored organs, which are supposed to be, like, some of the, the most marvellous, like, things in Venice. But from the outside, it looks fairly plain with this sort of yellow-grey, like, stone sort of front built in this old Gothic style. But, yeah, you, you meet outside there. That's not a problem. All three of you meet up. Over to you. Um, Aurelio,
2: um... We spoke to the police. um, No idea where the father is. Um, He did stop by about a week ago. um, In a... Confused state of mind. um, Very similar to what you would expect based on the writings. Um, While in the police station, he had a total change of heart. um, And it seems like he switched to... um, became calm um potentially back in control of that angel um, and left the station. Um, and separately, we also found out that he is the last in a long line of people who have had seizures on the Rialto Bridge and have had a number of side effects, um memory loss, uh, confusion, um, uh, all very similar to the father. Um the records go back 50 years, but the police detective believed that it's probably been going on for
4: much longer. We've got the records to look through. I'll show them the wadge of mm. cards or whatever with different names and details on.
1: Another change of course, hmm. peculiar. Should we look to, through the papers and well, these as well? And I, well, I have the yeah, the, yeah, the materials from the
2: yeah, and then maybe we should investigate the bridge, see if we can't see anything on yeah. toward,
4: yes.
0: Um. Yes. Okay, so as they're having this discussion, as you've said, Franco, you've obviously been leafing through these these files and looking at them, you find a number of commonalities between these cases and the the one you're currently looking into. You find mention that a number of people drew these strange like after they'd had these seizures. They drew these strange, like maze-like designs, and they seemed to have a. Some of them had these fugue states where their personality seemed to, like abruptly change. You also notice. Oh, sorry, go, ahead. go
4: on. Sorry. No, no, go on.
0: You also notice a similarity in the the names of the people that's on there. There appear to be there's odd outliers, but in the main. The, the people who've suffered these seizures appear to share one of four family names. There is the Corradino family, the Tallarico family, the Paro family, and the Loredan family. Like though like most of the people mentioned in these records have one of those four surnames.
2: What was the third one, John?
0: Paro P A R R O and as you as you sort of look at him with the information that Aurelio and Hugo have got, you would know that the the tourist woman, whose last name was Sereno, that is a corruption of the Italian name Corradino.
4: That's there's like a more lit- modern version. So literally all the names, there's no exceptions. They're
0: all within the, that. The, there's a couple... There's a couple that don't fit that pattern, but in the majority, like 95% of them.
4: And in is, is there any patterns with time of day or date of the month or time of the year? Or is there anything like that that's sort of common? Not that
0: you can see. They all appear to be fairly spaced out. You notice that like there's no point where like, they occur straight after each other. Um, they all appear to have happened either... Early morning just as it was getting light or late night just as it was getting dark, mm-hmm. but beyond that there's no sort of correlation
4: between the times of day and does does it give information if they were on their own or with others or
0: all of them country? seem to have been on their own at the time when this occurred um okay. you don't have like real like medical information for the older ones because obviously they they were like oh they seem all right send them on the way whereas the more modern ones it's like they they would obviously like ask them to come to the hospital for a checkup, et etc but all of like the medical tests you have whatever scans they ran on them don't seem to show any obvious like medical symptoms so the hospitals were like well you know we'll, according to every test we've ran there's nothing wrong with you so you know just like be careful and they, they sent them back out again And the priest's name is not
2: one of those four, though, is it? He's an exception, is he? He is, yeah. Okay.
0: One thing you do notice as well, Franco, is that all of the the people who you have a record of, with the exception, as far as you're aware, of the priest, Father Altamora, are dead. You can see on each of the sort of names like, scribbled, at the bottom in like a row, which you assume maybe the maybe the police detective did that when she was doing her research all of these people are now dead with the exception of your uncle as far as and aware. does it
4: and does it have like cause of death on there or M- most of them it just says unexplained
0: mm. or natural causes and they're
4: all, all various ages and not yeah. like all you do notice that
0: obviously being a conscientious detective inspector the the, the young policewoman has sort of written down like the date of death next to it, and you do notice that the those who were older when they had these seizures seem to have died like sooner after it happened than people who were younger well that just might be a case of well you know they're less they're less resilient or their bodies can take less punishment. You don't
4: know and is it is there a general sort of pattern to that as well sort of within a couple of weeks or a month or it, it seems
0: it, if someone's sort of like the other side of 50 it seems like most of them have died within a month
4: right and you, and, and you guys have sort of investigated and you think this was he went missing about a week ago or that's how long the body's been
2: that's how long the body his seizures were Almost so a month ago, certainly a number of weeks ago.
4: So he's um, quite close to that timeline. Yeah. Um, with sort of um, my fairly good contacts within the uh, the city and resources that I can call upon, would I have anyone that I could access any sort of CCTV footage anywhere to try and see if we've we can have any sightings of him anywhere within the-, uh, the what level of contacts have you got uh contact level three resources four
0: okay yeah i think it'd probably take i mean you're not asking for like any like massive like high security footage you know you'd be like oh can we, can we get a cctv from this shop or whatever yeah I think, I think you probably could it'd take you a few phone calls and it'd take a little while to organize but yeah you could do that without a role, that's not a problem you just got to, like, call a few appropriate people.
4: I mean, do we think there'd be any... I mean, can we have a look to see if there's any CCTV that would potentially cover the bridge area? Yeah,
0: the the bridge is quite a big sort of tourist attraction, so there would definitely be CCTVs covering the area. Yeah. From, like, local establishments and stuff like that.
4: Yeah, see if I can sort of pinpoint what would potentially be the best angle and best camera, you know, for the best quality footage and whatever. Um, yeah, try and spend a little bit of time sort of pinpointing, pinpointing that to see if we can see any noticeable effects when they cross the bridge and, on that day, if yep. the footage goes back that far.
0: Not a problem. It, it probably takes you like an hour or two, but you do eventually manage to track down on a shop that sort of overlooks the Rialto Bridge you manage to get hold of their cctv footage and obviously you have to go back through it to like get to the appropriate date and when you find the date where father altamora was supposed to suffer this seizure you watch as he walks across the bridge it's like whistling he's like an old man so he's like taking his time you know he's like walking along he heads over the bridge and as he gets sort of like halfway across the bridge he pauses for a little bit you know he's like he's a bit out of breath he's an old man he's sort of stood there you know catching his breath, sort of, like, looking out over the canals and just watching the world go by. And then there's a flicker on me, the video footage. So like it briefly breaks up into static. And then for just a few seconds as the static clears, it's almost like a a photo that's been like double exposed where you, you see like two two sort of outlines but like slightly sort of out of sync with each other. And then it flicks back to normal. And then you watch as the the priest appears to collapse, and appears to be like having this seizure, these these violent spasms on the bridge. People like rush over to try and help, you know, locals, tourists, etc. And eventually, you see the events unfold as described. Uh, an ambulance turns up; they take him away, and obviously, that's when he goes out of view of the
4: of the CCTV cameras. Mm. And with sort of the sort of abilities now. I possess myself. Do I think anything's happened during that footage that would be, you know, something like a mask of a thousand bases or something like that that's affected the camera? Would I have any inkling if sort of magic? I, I would.
0: I would say the only the only way you could really tell that is if you were, is if you obviously checked out the camera and like eliminated like mundane possibilities. Um, you could make it a, like a wits investigation role, or if you've got any particular like, technology skills. I mean, if you yeah, did wits technology, you'd find more specifics out rather than investigations a bit more general.
4: Uh, I mean, he's got good wits, not so much technology, but between the two, he could give it a go. Yeah, go for it. Um, so technology wits. Yep.
0: four successes okay so you pretty much disassemble the the cctv cameras and you basically justify that to the the owner of the shop where you're like oh look at this footage how it like glitches out there there's a problem with your camera oh but don't worry as a as a favor because you let me look at the footage i'll sort it out for you don't do you worry about it and you basically take the the camera apart completely there's nothing wrong with it in terms of like the actual technology there's no reason it should have glitched at that particular point or had that weird double exposure effect you then like reassemble it pass it back to them saying oh there you go i've sorted out the problem for you they're very grateful that's all covered over they don't suspect anything but you're pretty sure now there's no mundane reason that sort of weird effect should have happened on the camera
4: mm. and i guess the other way To confirm that to see if i could find another camera sort of seeing the same footage and see if it does the same thing you
0: could probably locate another another sort of cctv camera
4: but again it would take a bit of time and a few phone calls yeah but i'm fairly convinced that it was going to be the same um so what do the what do the others think what do you think
2: our next move is I think we should try and translate the papers.
4: What, paper, what papers are these?
2: Um, we found a number of papers in the priest's uh, residence that have some writing we didn't identify on
4: it. Yeah, I've only got Latin and
1: English languages. Yeah, so if we have time uh, I was under the impression that there's a there's something we could do to get at the papers, John. Indeed. And I would
0: tell you as you all sort of like meet up and now you've got a bit more time, as you examine it you become convinced that although it's it's written in like an old language, it's not actually a language so much as it's like a cipher, like a code, which is why mm-hmm. you weren't able to read it. However, as you're looking at it, you do recognise Aurelio a number of symbols that are of a that are of a sort of recognisable nature that are used in the sort of occult circles. Mm-hmm. So, if you if one of you wants to make an intelligence occult role, you might be able to like piece together the gist of it or sort of unravel the code. I'm
1: pretty good at that, but you're probably better. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Yes. Well, that, that certainly is a... Um, so, I I do believe that is... Let's see. Because it's been a while since we've rolled these dice. Because yeah. I, uh, I got the the special one, but I... It, sh- it, it would say if it was a messy
0: critical or a messy failure.
1: Oh, the the thing is going to pick that up? Okay, yeah, cool. yeah. So, we up. don't
0: have to worry about that. Ever. Yeah. Well, yeah, it comes up and it just says possible massive messy critical or messy failure.
1: All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, fine. That's okay. fine. Okay, so
0: fine. You, you eventually manage to decipher this writing and it appears to be written... It appears to be someone ranting about someone called Palladino. Mm-hmm. And it basically says, oh, I, I, to, to paraphrase, it basically says, oh, I, I finally managed to discover it. I, I knew they were hiding something. That bastard Loredan has, has hired a Palladino to construct his damn labyrinth. To think that one of the greatest architects of Italy should stoop so low to, to construct such a, a monstrosity, even for, even for the Academy of the Unknown. So, well, I, I won't stand for it. i I'll see this, I'll see this shouted from the rooftops. I see that everyone knows this secret. They won't be able to keep it quiet any longer. Well, my name is not Niccolo Vaseel. Yeah. I, w- I will and then whisper like this, I'll like It has like a customised glyph, which is like his mm-hmm. symbol. Like, yeah, like an yeah. occult signature.
1: Yeah, this is like, Aurelia knows what, what this is about. It's it's his arcane marking. Indeed. Yeah, so I will have uh, whispered these as I work them out from the material. Indeed, and anyone
0: who has academics, two or more, as you're discussing this, you will recognise that, given the mention of Palladino and him being a gr- the greatest architect, they're probably referring to Andrea Palladino, who was widely reputed to be the greatest architect in 16th century Italy. Yeah i I've, I've he, 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 he wasn't. So. He wasn't well known for like building mazes. But
4: has he he has built places throughout this city.
0: Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, he's he's widely known in Venice because he built a lot of the the early buildings here, and he was instrumental in the the original sort of um, how they were going to work around the problem of we need to build up rather than outwards. He was one of the people who helped with the the innovations. To, that eventually shaped the current architectural styles of Venice to this very night.
4: Hmm. Like you say, it wouldn't be easy to hide a, a maze or a labyrinth, would it? I mean someone would have <laughs> would have heard of seen such a thing.
2: Are the pictures of the maze all clearly the same maze? No. Um, and is it worth trying to find a list of all of the buildings that Paladino built? Let's see if do we know anything about the Academy of the Unknowns? Is that a...
0: If uh, if any of you want to make a, let's see it would be probably be an academics role, an intelligence academics role see if you know anything about it. Okay. So with that you know that the the Academy of the Unknowns was a also known as the Loredanian Academy. Was founded in sixteen thirty. And it was basically like a society of like free thinking intellectuals who spent their time like Debating the nature of the universe and what is the nature of man and is man any better than a beast and stuff like that and over the course of the years they because they were so influential and rich they gradually accumulated like a lot of political power before as all of these sort of societies do they like faded into obscurity and eventually disappeared (laughs) However, as you're doing a little bit of research to gain all this information, one thing that does strike you, you come across a, the name of the, the founder of the Academy of the Unknowns. And the name of that person is Giovanni Francesco Loredan. Who was a, a well-known Venetian writer... And politician.
3: Back in the day, oh,
0: according to according to using... records, he he was born in sixteen oh seven, died in sixteen
1: sixty one. Yeah. And then Aurelio's conclusion is that someone's using like historical figures as like, norm de guerre. Yeah, we we will have discussed all this as we ponder okay. on
2: these. Is it worth checking out the bridge just as the
1: sun sets? That would be a challenge. Mm-hmm. I mean,
4: yeah, what's I mean, what's the frequency between these cases in these records? I mean, are any of them close together, or are they fair? No, they seem fairly spaced out. Yes, yeah, so I think monitoring it on a sort of daily or nightly basis would probably be a good use of our time, maybe.
2: And did we find the location of the Academy of the Unknowns, or just the fact
0: that it exists? Just the fact that it it used to exist. It was effectively a... They didn't really have like a headquarters as such, it was one of these like bohemian sort of societies of intellectuals and free thinkers who it existed for a bit. They had a, a little bit of political clout in Venice back in the day, and then they just sort of faded away, like a lot of these sort of semi Masonic societies do.
1: the bridge do you have anyone who could stand watch over it i think the uh, the dawn might be a bit more dangerous than we want to risk for this
2: i have a criminal contact who might do it for so right, Monish.
1: unless you are keen on arranging lodgings nearby and staying up, that might be the option. Mm. Or if we wish to look over it now.
2: Well let's look over it now first and see if we can um,
0: find something. Okay yeah. so you you all head towards the Rialto bridge and as you're drawing nearer from the other side, Heading towards the bridge from yourselves, you see an old man with the with like priest ro- cloaks f- sort of flapping around him in the the strong wind that's picked up. He's basically just at the edge of the bridge, sort of making his way up onto the bridge, and you recognise Father Altamora. He has a slightly sort of he has like a very like, for an old man he has a a very sort of like grim determined expression on his face and he's striding with a purpose that seems quite at odd with his elderly frame as he as he sort of moves forward and at this point i'm going to ask johannes can you reflexively make
1: me a sense the unseen role yeah i was i was going to make that quite intentionally yeah (laughs) well um i think it's that okay yeah so this is the ability is gonna be I to check that so that would then be wits because this is reflex not yeah active so let's
0: Okay, yeah, so as you see this this figure of the Father Altamora making his way up onto the bridge again, you feel a a similar sort of cold sensation move down your your dead spine, and for a few moments, as you look at Father Altamora, you see like a second figure, a sort of like almost like an a ghostly like after image sort of overlaid on his body moving along at the same speed but obviously of a different person although you can't really make out the details Mm -hmm.
1: Um, so I will be um, on the side uh, watching this transpire because I have now been given a vision of my own so I will be staring into the air I guess (laughs) yeah obviously you're not
0: compelled to do so by it and he sort of yeah, yeah, no, no, this is you know, no no this is sort of this is his
1: interest. Him. Yeah, no, he's he's interested in like what this is and how this will transpire and if anything's gonna happen.
0: Yep, so the, the old priest gets up onto the bridge, he sort of stands at the edge looking over into the canal, and then he falls to the floor. And for a few moments as he falls, you see the the sort of spectral outline of this other figure still stood standing with its arms on the bridge, as like the priest mm-hmm. just like.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the figure is just looking over, yeah, like into the canal. Um, and like I say, it's it's sort of hazy and like semi-transparent. Yeah, yeah but it's not like climbing on. No, the, no, uh, it's just like looking into the water. It's just there. Yeah. i'll i'll get which one of my companions I have the closest I'll sort of like probably get you get them <laughs> so i'll 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 grab hugo and uh so it's so like whisper out the side of my is like the uh the priest is as you see but there is another uh, this got much more complex now, and I am not sure what we should do at this very moment because I think the priest has been overtaken, shall we say? And as not you say, by this... the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, quite. <laughs> as you say this, looking down at the sort of twisted body of the priest. We now come back to present day, which is where we started with you two looking down at the body of the priest mm-hmm. on the bridge. before we went into the flashback that Franco wasn't aware was a flashback. because mm-hmm. we jumped him straight in just to explain Franco. We basically started off the the session with these two standing over the body of a priest on a bridge, looking down, and then this has all been like how they got to that point. And obviously, when we did the original scene, you were just stood slightly back off camera, so you are still there, obviously. Because obviously, I, didn't, I didn't know at what point you were going to join us, so I didn't want to yeah, yeah. put words in your character's yeah. mouth. But yeah, you were all there. You are now in present time. You look down at the, the body of this priest on the bridge. You don't see his chest rising and falling. There appear to be no signs of life in his body. As Aurelio like, whispers about this, like, other entity which you can still sense of course really
4: Uh oh he's still there
0: yeah he's invisible to to anyone without specialised senses but he's still there and in fact Franco can you please make me a Resolve plus animalism roll? Resolve. For I believe you can sense the beast in supernatural creatures as a reflective action.
4: Yeah, I mean, I assumed that would be on the priest himself, though, wouldn't it?
0: It's it's a passive ability. So if a if like a supernatural oh, right. creature comes nearby and it's got. A beast, want of a better term, some sort of supernatural force of, like, hunger and stuff like that. Or so this...
4: click. Uh, right, so... What was it? Which uh, skills was it? Sorry, John. It's re- resolve plus animalism. Resolve
0: plus animalism. Where the
1: heck is that? So, I don't think you have, like... Direct access from your like the front of the sheet. I think you need to have and I've got resolved, but yeah, you need to have put uh, John, am I able to edit someone else's sheet or is that uh, oh no, I've got,
4: I've, yeah, I've got it now, I've got it here, okay. so I should yeah. be able to roll it in theory. Well, I on think your it doesn't
1: roll, uh... yeah, because on your disciplines uh tab, um, oh, no, that's oh, rolled it. oh there's something going on. Yeah, yeah. I that's it, uh. <laughs> I put it. I put it down as
4: system was resolved plus animalism, and I made it rollable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah, think that, that'll do I it. I think that's right, but yeah. it didn't work. Okay, so so <laughs> yeah, no, no. yeah. <laughs> with, with zero
0: successes, you've got like a vague feeling of unease, but it's nothing you can like pinpoint. Yeah, yeah. It's so 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 right so when so, <laughs> so, so so when um, when your your boy there's like oh there's some like evil presence about you like. Oh, that and explain it why well, I've been feeling so uneasy, but you've not been able to like pinpoint it. But obviously, I really I was like mm-hmm. zoomed in a little bit more on what it actually is. Yeah, also, two
1: vampires right next to you.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm assuming we, we you sort that. of tuned out the vampires <laughs> you knew about. I tried to, but I'm not so yeah. sure. <laughs> that. Um. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there any way we can make it materialize or (coughs) show itself? Or communicate with it? Have you got any of
1: these advice? I am unsure of what exactly is the nature of this and how the spirit came to be. But... Well, if the... uh... If the priest starts to... Let me revise that. If the priest's body gets up again and attempts to get away from the bridge, um, catch it. We, We need to change the scenery if that happens. But let me try something. Yeah,
4: I'll take up a position, sort of the opposite side, to sort of cover the other side of the bridge in case it goes one way or or the
1: other. Yeah, so I, um, John, um, we're doing, um, the, uh, I walk forward a little bit, close my eyes, and upon opening them the uh, the irises display um, a dual dull reflection of this bridge here mm-hmm. and uh, i am searching for the binding fetters so uh if there are um, things here that act as fetters, i can identify them by sight smell whatever it might be appropriate to the the thing itself um so to um clarify what this is about the fetter is some kind of object which acts as a sort of anchor for uh ghosts in this world it helps like keep them in like the physical world which like uh, Aurelia is trying to determine like wh- what's the anchor keeping this spirit here, because that doesn't that happen naturally. Okay, so you you peer
0: around with your new sight again. Everything losing its its color and looking dead and decayed, like a, a pale reflection of the lands of the dead beyond the the shroud. And then as you scan your eyes across the bridge. You see that one of the the sort of like large stones which makes the sort of like mm-hmm. the sides of the bridge in fact the one that the the faint gauzy figure <coughs> has its hand on to your sight now that stone appears to be like dripping blood that is just like pulling onto the the mm-hmm. f- the cobbles of the bridge before evaporating as a red mist. <sighs>
1: I was reading my compel spirit thing here, John, and it appears that I have put the wrong details here because it it's all about body parts. And I don't think that's, <laughs> I, I might've put the homunculus thing in. Um, so anyway, uh, it appears that this stone is, is a fetter of a kind. Okay. Well, I will walk off Next to the spot where the uh, the spirit is standing. Okay. Does it react in any way? It appears it doesn't react to you in any specific way. Mm-hmm. It, it might not be mm-hmm. aware that you can perceive it, to be honest. Yeah. But it, yeah. it's looking that's, out. That's across. what I was trying to discern. Though. Yeah. Like, does it see me? Because I can see it.
0: It it's not making any sign that it's aware of your presence. It's. Looking out across the the waters, its hand on this now to your view of bloody stone, and it appears to be sort of talking, like its mouth's barely opening and shutting, as though it's like talking to itself, but you can't hear what it's saying. You just see it sort of stood there, sort of gazing out almost wistfully and going. And occasionally you catch, I'm as though, so. as though sort of echoing from a vast, incalculable distance, you catch the odd sort of whispered word. But it's like someone just like passing by a, a train tunnel, like miles away. You catch the uh-huh. odd words like maze, city, built.
1: So I will turn to it, and uh, I will say in Italian, "Which maze are you talking about?" The the figure seems to sort of
0: start a bit as though you address it. It's like, oh, you can actually see me, and as it turns towards you, it appears to be uh, a young Italian gentleman dressed in quite sort of antique 16th, 17th century clothing uh, of a of a fairly well-cut variety, so like, obviously not like a pauper mm-hmm. uh, t- turns towards you and again it's so seemingly with an effort of will it sort of briefly seems to like only to your vision seems to like solidify a little bit more and become a little bit less mm-hmm. opaque and it, it sort of turns and looks at you, and in a very sad voice it says, uh, it says, the, the whole city, I, I wouldn't have believed it, the, 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 the whole city, Venice, all, all of it, it it's, it's one big maze, I I, I I can barely take it in, and as it turns to like fully look at you, because you've been seeing it sort of side on, as it turns around to see you now, you can see where the right hand side of its head is, like its skull is like oh. caved in and there's like mm-hmm. a thin trail of like ectoplasmic blood sort of drifting mm-hmm. out into the air and then dissipating as though like it was like underwater and you notice as you look at it like the clothes as well are sort of slightly rippling as though it's like underwater mm-hmm. and it, it carries on as a, and it, but its voice seems to be like fading in and out as though like it's an effort for it to make itself heard, and like occasionally it'll get like a bit more faint, and then it'll come back a bit, and then it'll fade out again. But like each time it comes back, it's for less time, and it's like it. What? What? However, it's manifesting itself, even just to you, is sort of like using mm-hmm. its energy up. Mm-hmm. And it says, it says, "Why would I? Don't understand why the the academy would do such a thing. We were, we were supposed to be visionaries. We were supposed to make this world." This world better. We're supposed to to free people's minds, n- not entrap them. I, I've I've got, I've got to let everyone know. Let them know yeah. what? That, the, the the this whole city, it, it's it's a trap built for the minds of people. It's built to it's built to contain something. I I haven't managed to find out what, but I I'm going to carry on digging, and once I find out, I I'm going to let everyone know the. It's gone too far now. A secret like this can't be kept. People have a right to know, and it sort of like slams its hand down on this uh, this stone mm-hmm. for a few seconds. It sort of its outline
1: shimmers. Oh, as a as a last <laughs> effort, I was like, "What do they call you?" It it turns to look when
0: it says. Uh, Vasile Niccolò Vasile.
1: I I nod I
0: um And then he like slams his hand down again. He's like it's all that bastard Giovanni's
1: fault. It always is, isn't it?
0: But to think they would they would drag someone and again his voice is starting to like fade out so he's getting mm-hmm. fainter and fainter again as though whatever energy he'd use had been spent. Mm-hmm. It's just, and to think they would they would drag a a, a great artist like Paladino into their horrible schemes, it's almost it's almost too horrible to contemplate.
1: I um, turn to the priest quickly check is there a pulse nope uh, is the flesh cold yep um uh, a bit more of an extensive check like what's my idea like very quick idea of like how long has the corpse been dead you think it's probably been dead for a couple of hours Do you expect that
0: like the spirit has been all that's like keeping it going for mm-hmm. the past like a few hours mm-hmm. and perhaps it was just a case of it, eventually the body finally gave out and the spirit was like, mm-hmm. you know that beyond a certain, the, the more dead a body is, the more energy mm-hmm. it takes for a spirit to maintain it, and if they can't maintain it, well, you see what happens, the body falls down dead and the spirit is just punted out of it.
1: Um, the The body doesn't have any signs of like, uh, like, occultism on it, right? Like, there's no indication that someone made this happen with a ritual, for example. Not that you can see. The only thing on odd you, you notice yeah. about the body
0: is that, despite the fact that it's now fairly warm, mm-hmm. he's wearing gloves.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll experimentally tug one of those away you pull one of the gloves off and you see that uh, there's
0: blood under all of the fingernails with the exception of one which Mm -hmm. is missing yeah
1: I'll get the priest and uh, I'll sort of as best I can just like drag him along uh, towards Ugo and Funko yeah not a problem I like, it's quite safe, the, uh, the, the 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 spirit is no longer upon us. Will it return? I plan to eventually command it to do
0: so, but no. Uh, at this point, I'm going to say you can make me an intelligence occult role, Giannis. Okay, you, you may have already worked this out yourself anyway, but with your three successes and all you've seen, you suspect one has been happening, is that this spirit effectively stays on the bridge, sort of gathering um, its energy up, and then when it's got enough energy to like jump into someone's body, it jumps into their body, runs around as them for a bit until it runs out of energy, and then it's like, "All best get back to the bridge, pilots their body back to the bridge... The body falls down dead as it runs out of energy. It jumps mm-hmm. out, and then it sort of has to like regather its energy before it can possess somebody else. So you yep. expect that might be why there was like such a long period between each of these incidents, because obviously it takes a long time for a spirit to like gain enough energy to do what it's
1: been doing. Yep. So I recognise that this is all... rather outside of your areas of interest, but the uh, invisible man present was uh, one of the names that we have come across. So I'll let them know about the identity of the spirit. Uh, will stitch together the history of, well, the spirit told me that uh, this uh, artiste, this this architect uh, way back in the day uh, was being influenced by uh, conveniently leaving out the fact that the Giovanni were mentioned um, th- was influenced by kindred, uh, to perpetuate some kind of potentially uh, occult uh, pattern on the the city. Aurelia has no idea what that might be, if there, if there even is an actual effect that the. The mortal, as far as we know, the mortal uh, architect might have actually achieved. But yeah, the spirit knows. The spirit lives on the bridge, in fact. And it knows that back in the day, one of the sort of important art- architects was a pawn in the great game. And this is also the uh, the source of the the bodies on the bridge. Probably some of them fall into the water when the spirit leaves them. Because they are dead when they come over here. I believe we have our culprit. It will not do to uh, tell uh, Monsignor Carza that The reason why his friend is now deceased, I motioned to the priest corpse, (laughs) is Mm. because there is an ancient ghost on the bridge. That will not do. I would suggest we go with another kind of spirit, the kind you can find rather cheaply in the stores. (laughs) It makes for a better story for a Carter, he can accept this, with little difficulty. I, well, it, there will be grief, but anyway. Mm. Yeah, let's do that. Shall you fetch a bottle, or shall I? And I think
0: I shall. Uh, I think, as Hugo says, <laughs> I shall fetch a bottle, and you begin making your plans to basically mm-hmm. souse up this uh this priest's body <laughs> so he said oh he was drunk he like collapsed on the bridge which wouldn't be difficult to do given your guys resources decided that we need to
1: yeah and i'm quite literally a mortician yeah <laughs> i i know about medicine and cadavers <laughs> so yeah. yeah we uh we, we fake it i think <laughs> as you as you arrange that
0: that is where we are going to bring this session to a close Thank you very much for playing, guys. I hope that was okay for you. Yeah,
2: thank you very much.
0: And obviously, anyone who's watching this now or in the future, thank you very much. I'll stop the stream and the recording here. We can sort out XP and get some idea of what you want to do next session.